welcome to Savvy Savvy's podcast. This is the last official call-in episode. I'm going to try to make that move over to locals, so we'll see how that goes. Um, either way, Roger has been so nice to refer me to another app that people can use to call in as well. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll get there. We'll get there. But this is it. Again, until I move over to locals. What do you guys want to talk about? It is a free form. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, Ashura. You are on the mic. What is going on, Ashura? Oh, I thought I... Okay, there we go. Hello. Hey, Sabrina. Are you hearing me? I hear you. Okay, loud and clear. Your volume is a little bit muffled, I think. Okay, let me take out the headphones. Yeah, it's probably the headphones. That happens sometimes. Okay. Uh, I hear you loud and clear. Okay, you had some good issues tonight. Uh, you were on a roll, 1,000. Normally, you're between 500 and 700. But the last yeah, one... Yeah, it was a lot of people. It was like 1,000 people. Oh, wow. I'm not always looking at the number. Well, well we all do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, 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 you're doing great. And uh, about the, the Kyle thing, so I'm going to get this one out of the way fast. That was some... <laughs> I think this was Kyle trying to be a white knight, trying to save his wife from the onslaught that she got by, you know, putting her foot <laughs> in her mouth. And Gamer told me that, uh, I don't know, you know, Tusker is. Tusker is like one of the unofficial members of Due Dissidents. She said she saw the numbers on, on, on the YouTube channel, on that clip, and it got ratioed to death. And and I went to the comment section. Oh, and- Oh, it, it was, it was, they were not kind to her. Most people were like, what the fuck is going on? Why would you say this? Some of them said, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like, if you, if you just watch, CJ did a couple of them. I just went deep and just, I went like neoliberal tears, just got, went all messy, just to see what the fuck is going on. One funny tweet, what, no, no, tweet, uh, comment was like, um, well, Crystal, Crystal is okay. Like, he said, this is the best economy we got. Okay. Uh, she's rich. She can afford the groceries. She can afford a nice because uh, she can afford a car, and she can afford a nice house, unlike everybody else. Well, I had an interesting conversation today with Bree on bad faith. We recorded today, so that'll be released next week, I believe. And um, we we talked about it. Like we did talk about like the crystal thing. I mean it. it Apparently it, I don't know if Crystal was trending because of it, but apparently it's, it was on everyone's radar, like the comments that she made. And Brie told me she's supposed to have a conversation with Crystal next week. I'm not sure if this is going to be on Crystal Kyle and friends, or if this is going to be on breaking points, but Brie said she is supposed to have a conversation with her next week about this issue, about the statements that she made in that video. And it was kind of funny because, um, Bree's producer was like, oh boy, that's going to be a spicy conversation. <laughs> Do you think she's going to be, what, what is the word CJ has coined? Captain Save-A-Ho? 
Who, Crystal? No. Bree. I don't, I don't think so. Because um, they're friends. They're friends. Yeah, they're friends. But I mean, even in the conversation that we had today, there were some things where there were some pieces where she agreed with Crystal and there were some issues, some pieces where she agreed with what I was saying. I think the big disagreement, one of the things that came up in our conversation was the class issue. And I, I told her, I said, again, Crystal is, she's not affected. Yeah, and she's not affected by these things. And um, Bree said, well, yeah, you know, but you know, there are people like Cornell West and Chris Hedges that are also, you know, very well, you know, financially, but they still, they're still there for the cause. And my point was that, but she hasn't been there. That's the problem. Like where was she? And this is something like Bree did agree with. Like when I brought up the marches for Medicare for all, I said, where was Crystal? And I, I'm not even, I said, I'm not asking her to be an activist. Well, but she didn't even promote it. She didn't even promote it. You know how many people we could have had at breaking points would have promoted it? Well, that's the thing you said about Kyle. Kyle knew this shit was coming. I think it was coming a month in advance. He didn't say shit about it until the last fucking minute, the last day. And that shit was going on. Then that's when he said it. It was like it was too late. And plus, you got all the bashing, the bashing over Force of Vote, and they associate with Jimmy Dore calling out the squad. As the squad was like the best they could have. I mean, what, everything Jimmy Dore said about the fucking squad, Jank Uger, TYT, Justice Democrat, it's all come to, all, it's all open now. But they, they, to be fair, in reference to force the vote, Crystal and Kyle were on board for force the vote. Not until they shit on it, because Jimmy Dore did a video about it. He did a rebuttal because she wasn't that for it because she did talk about it, but not in, in, in the, in the, uh, in the amounts that they should have been, should have been much weren't they bigger. At the, weren't they at the town hall? Am, am I remembering correctly? I, I could have sworn they were at the force to vote town hall. Uh, I don't remember that part. I remember there were video clips, them talking. No, that was a third party one. No, they were, they were at the, if I remember correctly, I remember specifically Cornell West, uh, Kyle Kalinske, Bree, Katie Halper, like they were all a part of the force to vote town hall. They agreed with that. The people who disagreed was TYT and Majority Report. Well, they didn't. They didn't agree to go come to the to the to the to the to the force to vote rally because Kyle said that uh, he lives in another town. He has to go to Washington to go do well that show he does with her. But I'm like, wait a minute. If you're moving go for another time to go to Washington, it was happening in Washington. So why did you wait, ask you, wait, are you talking about the the event that took place on the ground that Bree and Colin and Jackson no, Eagle were a no, part no, of? No, not, not that one. When the force of vote was happening. There was a rally going around, around uh, when the force of vote rally was happening. It was everywhere. And it, there was I think there was one happening in Washington. And he said that, uh, well, he can't attend because he has to go do a Crystal and Kyle video. And I'm like, wait a minute, if you're going to Washington, there's one in Washington. Why don't you just hop over there and just go see it? Um, Shura. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know about that. Go ahead, Roger. So I do remember Crystal having Jimmy Dore on. I'm not sure if it was rising or breaking points when Force the Vote was going on. It was breaking. To have it was rising. It was, was rising. It was rising. Okay. They were still advising right. at that point. That's what I was saying. Like, that's what I was saying. Like, I do remember her being in support of Force the Vote. 
Yeah, but I don't remember Jimmy being the most every day. It's like they, they, they only showed it like one time. But he, he, they should have promoted it over and over and over again. Kyle just but did they, it one one time at the last minute. The for, the force the vote town hall. I saw that constantly promoted. Not the town hall, not the town hall. I'm talking about the the rally itself. You're talking about the rally in D.C. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. They're at the town hall. I'm not denying they know they were not on the town hall. I'm just saying that when they came to the top of the rally, they weren't there. Well, I hate to tell you this, but it was it was brought to my attention quite a while ago when I first started my podcast that there are some people, this was said to me. In fact, you guys can go back and watch the interview. When I interviewed Nico house, Nico said that there are some people in the space that will only attend events if they're paid. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's kind of fucking ridiculous. The, the mask off moment. Yeah. I mean, if you right there, like, like you already there. Yeah, like, but that's, like, the that's, that's the thing. Like, he didn't even go to basically say, hey, guys, I'm at the rally going on Washington. He just went to do his uh, breaking points with Crystal. Uh, he didn't do nothing. I told you. They don't really. I think I still remember watching Secular Talk, and I remember Kyle saying, if the DNC cheats Bernie this time around, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be in Milwaukee outside protesting. I remember that, and that did not happen. Yeah, it's good. I mean, they're being clowned on Twitter right now, being called out. Kalkolinsky, even the worst one. Kalkolinsky with the worst takes. Like he's got the ones with the most videos. Like people were calling out. Like even even when you said Kalkolinsky was like uh, he knew shit about twenty in twenty sixteen, he looked like he knew what he was talking about. Uh, did you see the old videos of Kyle promoting Obama as the best president ever? I I saw the old videos of Kyle yeah. giving um Obama a D. I no, remember no. that. Oh, you, well then you should see the old secular type videos. Like he was basically filming in the dark, like from maybe from a college room or some shit. And he said he came out right after Obama won. Obama's the best president ever. He has done everything basically should have he should have done ever. Like he was praising Obama. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Really? Yeah. Go watch. I'm telling you, go watch the old secular talk clips. He was basically talking in the dark. He praised Obama, said he was the best shit ever. Oh. He, did, he did everything. He did. He praised shit like Obama didn't even fucking do. Or he didn't look too much into it. He just think that Obama was that good because he was black. So was this Obama's first term? Yes, the first okay. term. The moment he got in, like there was a secular talk video like a week after. A week on the same week or the week after, like he was praising Obama on dumb shit. And you know, if Obama does something like it's some dumb shit, you know, it's not going to be actually, you know, it's not going to be some tangibles. So basically, what you're telling me is that this is just a repeat what he's doing right now, praising Biden. He's done this before. He's done this before. Well, there we go. I think, uh, I, I think the other thing, uh, sure, you might be thinking of. As far as events, where's, where's the uh, marches for Medicare for all? Yeah, that's the one. I think it's the one. Yeah. Well, yeah. was it was it not the force to vote one? It was, weren't they on the same? Uh... The turnout was was the marches for Medicare for all. That's where you had Jimmy out there saying, "Where the f are you?" And yeah, yeah, it could be that and, one. Um, and yeah, and they were nowhere to be found for those. <laughs> so, so they weren't there for the marches for Medicare for all. They weren't there for force to vote. 
Bree, shows you. Bree was there for force the vote on the ground and on the town hall. Um, so was Jackson Hinkle actually at that time. It's funny how things have Wasn't, how was first, was forced the vote first. I'm trying to remember the chronology. Yes, forced the vote was forced the vote. Remember that was for Nancy Pelosi's speakership. So that was actually at the end of 2020, and then we go into 2021, and that was when Joe Biden won. And forced the vote was kind of capped off by the the town hall, the virtual town hall. The force the vote virtual town hall was in January, if I remember correctly. Yes, January 2021. I think it was Jan- it was January. Yes, because I know I started Savvy Sab's podcast right after Force the Vote. I do remember that because I started my podcast February 2021. And that's where you really knew which side people were on, really, right there. Yeah, that was that was really a mask off moment. Even <laughs> Kyle that even Kyle backtracked on Force the Vote. Later on, yeah. he said it wasn't the right strategy. That's, of course. What, that's the thing. It's like uh, you see them. I, I saw Crystal has a new thumbnail talking about worker, not worker, worker co-ops, but unions. I'm like, she's just grifting on the thing just to keep people thinking that she's left, but she's not. She doesn't really care about unions. I wonder if basically their union is at breaking points. Oh, damn. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I wonder Ooh, if the that's at breaking points, breaking points. You want to you wanna find out if she, you, you want to act you want to you want to find out if she acts like jank oh yeah I mean, i'm pretty sure she does i mean she's like a slick version of anna like a more likable you, you know what i mean by that right <laughs> you know what i meant by that right no please ex- enlighten me i ain't have to say it like that bro uh-huh. uh, you, I say it like, bro. like you, you got more knowledge than i have go ahead <laughs> no jank union busted oh yeah Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah, I was just thinking about Jimmy, it like that. Around the force week. to vote, Jimmy Jimmy let the cat out the bag on that. When they had came, for, you know, because if you remember, this is pretty much what like, broke him apart or whatever the case is, right? Um, Jimmy said, hey, let's put all that shit aside. Yeah, I remember and that. He was, he was crying. He was almost crying to tears in that video. Oh, hey, I remember that. Oh, Jimmy was crying? Yeah, there was a video where he's crying to tears, almost to tears. He's like, yo, I'll even give you the fucking movement if you want it. It's not about me. Okay, I I thought you... Anyway, um, so what happened was Anna's ego got a hold of her and she couldn't let it go. She had to... She's like, this is a good thing to team up on or whatever. But then she had to throw a butt in there, which was... But something like, I don't trust Jimmy on anything. She said it, it was like a... This is a good idea, but let me shiv you at the same time. Yeah, I don't know you Lost it. Yeah, that's when everybody that, even people who hated Jimmy Dore, like, uh, what's his name? Sam Cedar, he was okay with it. Then he went, then he went, he doubled down, said, I'm not okay with it now. Jank Hugo was okay with it. Then he said, I'm not okay with it now. But, but remember, remember what Bree revealed on Rising not too long ago. Remember, Bree said everybody was on board with it, and then a call came out. A right. call went out and said, don't do it. They're not going to force the vote. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the thing, uh, what's going on with that other country that uh, that's having a coup right now? Uh, what was it? Uh, Gabon. Gabon. That's a weird name. Uh, you, uh, you you had like the France like basically saying shit like, 
I hate when fucking these white countries use the word interest. Like, what fucking interest do you have in an African country that's not even part of the part of France? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want a piece of the resource, I mean, they could fucking sell you it like a motherfucker. Like the United States literally likes to sell shit very high priced. I mean, I don't mind them basically selling the resources, some of their resources, just sell it at a high price. Basically, uh, start getting back that money. You be, start making that money. And it's about stealing, you know. It's just colonial theft. Same old. Yep. Thing, right. That's basically what it's about. Yeah. Plus, you have uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, he made me laugh when he said he wasn't rich. I'm like, bro, you're Swanson. <laughs> that was what I know. I was like, what does he consider rich if he says he's not rich? I mean, it's an interesting thing. Like, like, what is what do we mean by rich? You know, like, like there's rich and there's rich. You know, there's like if someone has a big house and whatnot, and maybe a mill or so in the bank, they're rich by a lot of people's standards. Then you got kind of the next level of like a a, a small businessman who's you know done well might have a ten million in the bank or something. But then, like, to me, like, there's this next level that I call, like, the 0.1%, the billionaires, like, the 100 millionaires. And it's, like, I don't think the term rich even, like, applies to them. I, we need, like, I guess they're the super rich, the super, super rich. I don't know. But, but they're, they're the ones that are, that are the real problem. I mean, that's where everybody should be putting their focus on, is on them, billionaires. Maybe he, maybe he looks at... um. Maybe he's looking at it as though like billionaires, right? So maybe yeah. he's not considering himself to be one of them. Oh, I mean, the guy's still he spent it all on blow. I don't, I don't know. know what he's talking about. Like, I know, I know what he did. He spent it all on, um, on, um, on, on cannabis and ecstasy, and he had this crazy trip, and now, now that's why he's so based. Maybe that's what happened. The Obama thing. The Obama thing is a what the fuck. I don't know what the what what, what to think about that one. I've got a. I've got people that basically works at my workplace, even so the security guards, they love to watch that, those right wing fucking news. They always call me over and say, Hey man, do you know Obama used to call Michelle Michael? He joked about Michelle might be a woman. And then Obama, they, they talked about this. Obama might be gay. And I didn't think the story would pop up. Plus you got this other story about Michelle, not Michelle, like his two daughters may not even be his. I mean, if Michelle was actually a, a guy, maybe that will explain it, but they look like the Obamas. I don't think they're basically, uh, Obama's probably bisexual. I don't think oh, yeah, was it his wife is like actually a trans person. I had a brother who was, uh, who, who was saying, Oh, no, Michelle really has a dick. I'm like, Dude, what? People let me show you. This yeah. Yeah. So what I did was, despite him saying all of that, I showed him a picture of Michelle when she was in third or fourth grade. Okay. I'm like, dude, she's been a female since birth. Oh, that didn't matter. Oh no, because she has junk and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, whatever. It's really not even that important, whatever. But I mean, I just want, it's so yeah. far up the rabbit hole. That, that same guy showed me a picture. I think when she was dancing on Oprah, uh, that was in 2008. I think she was dancing on Oprah or some stage, right? And then he showed me zero in on her crotch because she was wearing pants. Yes, that's what he did. And, and, and there was like there was like a pointy thing. Say, like, there it is, man. That's the dick right there. Yeah, that's. What, do we know the same person? 
No, 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 no. He lives that's in Canada. He lives in the U.S., here. bro. But he, we, he must have basically picked up on the same website. Well, here's 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 my thing. Like, I don't really care, you know, what Michelle Obama is or, or not. I, re- I really don't care. I didn't know this thing about, like, his kids may not be his kids, though. But even if they, they aren't his kids, like, I also, again, I don't care. Well, if they're not his, let's say that they were smuggled out of Africa. Wouldn't be concerned by who the real family is if they're not his kids. They were people are saying they were smuggled. Yeah, like they said it right in your chat, super chat. Say, don't you care yeah. about the story? But the, the one I was, I was trying to like heads up to you about. Like I, I could tell it was hitting on this. I don't even want to call it a conspiracy theory because conspiracy theories come true all the time now. But but yeah, yeah some, right. Some theory about that and. Well, I don't know if they were smuggled out. I guess it worked out pretty well for them. <laughs> I guess so. Right. I mean, I've never heard about that, but I, I'll have to look into that, but I've never heard that. Yeah, plus yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I want to end things. with the whole, your last guess last time. You know what I'm talking about. The one who, oh, yeah, that guy. I came in and I hear just, I came in at the maybe halfway in your, in your life. <laughs> and I keep hearing cussing left and right. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Doesn't Sabrina know that YouTube doesn't accept, like, there's a five second rule to cussing? And Sabrina, I'm like, Sabrina's chat is going to get demonetized. It's going to be, that video's going to be demonetized. It was like five seconds. Every second it was like cussing, 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 cussing. <laughs> oh, they, they actually loosened up on the cussing thing. It's just that you can't use profanity within the first seven seconds of the video. I'm like, this dude like was so on Jimmy Dore. I'm like, bro, like he's like Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore is fake. Jimmy Dore is this. Jimmy Dore is like, I'm like, he didn't want me on, on on his show. And then I go on Twitter just to see what the guy's doing, and he's arguing with Lucy. He's arguing with Lucy? <laughs> yes. I thought Lucy Lucy liked him. No, they, they argued on Twitter. Like, there was one part where you see Sabrina popped her head in that Twitter thread. He's like, listen, man, maybe you can just talk to Jimmy Dore. And she's trying to be nice. Just talk to Jimmy Dore. And they basically that. no, man, like, uh, that Lucy girl, like, she, 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 she lied to me. Yeah, he 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 did go after Lucy. Because uh, Lucy, I guess Lucy was supposed to interview him, and then she had, to, she had an emergency. So she was trying to reschedule. And apparently, from what I understand, I guess it just didn't go not... The exchange did not go well. Oh, that's I mean, it sounds like a little bit entitlement from the guy. I mean, if she's got, you know, real life shit to deal with, you can schedule another time. Have you that ever seen a bigger have you ever seen a big, bigger ego than that guy? No, but in reference to that, um, first of all, he doesn't do his scheduling. His assistant does the scheduling, so she wasn't communicating with him, she was communicating with his assistant. And the thing is, is that they were trying to reschedule a time, but I guess the the time the time slots that they had available didn't work with Lucy's work schedule, and I think Lucy took offense to it. And so what I, I I said to Lucy was like, well, maybe try to get something like on a weekend or something like that, you know, you know that kind of thing. But I mean, we all got different schedules, and that's that's the thing. That's the hardest part about getting people is she she tried to explain that to him. He just didn't. Oh, because I got to pick somebody up, and they forced me over here. That's how why I was. Can't cut the line, so you have All right, to so can out. I make a U-turn no, down there? Go this way. All right, so how can I get to my you customer? You have to go this way. Let's go. There's people behind you. All right. Oh dear. <laughs> I need to come to New York, Roger. Who I need to talk to? Fucking NYPD. I could tell that was a cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could tell it was a cop. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to put you on mute. 
I'm picking up the uh, U.S. Open. If something happened to Roger, we all know who he spoke to last. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm like, because uh, I, I knew that this guy was coming on your show because they talked about him months ago, Dr. Shiva's coming on. And I thought this guy was going to be some nice guy. And I, he sounded really unhinged. He sounded titled. He said that people tostow his shit, especially with the Viva Swa, Viva, whatever the fuck his name is, that took his shit. Yeah, Suave, whatever his name Vivek is. Vivek Yeah, yeah. He, he said that he, he stole his shtick, that, that he was doing that stuff, and Vivek stole it. And he was just mad, mad, mad. I'm like, bro, that's not a good sign for how people, like, to basically come to your side. And then he was doing that one shit about the paper. I'm like, bro, stop showing the paper, bro. Like, he's going full blast with the paper. See this. See this over and over and over again. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You wouldn't believe how many people have actually reached out saying that they actually liked hearing what he had to say. I was actually surprised. Like a number of people have emailed me talking about like how they feel like he had a lot of good things to say. And I think like Dr. Shiva, I think he does have like some good things to say. And I think he really does understand the political system and how it's so corrupt. I think he really hit the nail on the head with that. Right. But I think the problem is that I kept trying to steer it back to policy and I felt like he was trying to focus on personalities. And the thing is, if you're running a political campaign, you need to talk about the policies. Yeah. Cause a lot of people in the chat said they liked him. I, I didn't really come out as like, not whether like him, not liking. I was like, okay, that was something that was my, that was my, that was what I came out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if he would have just stuck to the issues and not focused on personalities, I think it would have resonated with more people, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, additive well, would be the understatement of the year. <laughs> the guys are yeah, well, it's like, I don't, I don't really know how else to say it other than the fact that, um, how can I put this? Having worked in MIT and worked with these type of professors, like they're very good at talking about their self. <laughs> and sometimes they go on for too long. And they have to understand that the audience that you are speaking to, they just want you to say the policies, bud. They just yeah. want you to say, where do you stand on the economy and all these other issues? We don't need a whole story. Yeah, you talked about his racism. There's a point I was like watching you in a video. You seemed like you were in a hostage video. And- <laughs> You remind me of that. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched every Boondock episode. There was an episode where this black woman that was like a, a, a very fierce, deadly martial artist that was killing every master, every fucking fighter that came her way. Something Kung Fu, forgot what her name was, but she died by basically blowing herself accidentally by a grenade. And her, her basic backstory is like she's been traumatized so much. And basically there's a, like a chicken joke in there. Every time somebody eats a chicken, maybe they started with her father going to her going to all her other boyfriends. And I felt like, damn, Sabrina's going to have to be learning some martial arts skills after this one because she feels like abused right now. You know what? You're, you're, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that um, I have a, a good attention span. I'm just going to say it like that. I'm I'm thankful that I do because I think that if I didn't have a good attention span, I think I would have checked out. And uh, <laughs> like, I know like friends of mine that have ADD, they would have just been like, bro, just get to the point. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was thinking, man, does somebody know martial arts? Does she know how to use a gun? 
Yes, it's... Now, I would like contrast this with Dr. West's interview. Now, he could he could go on a while as well, but when Sabrina's like said like a suggestion to him, right? What would Dr. West do? I mean, anything you say to Dr. Shiva, it's like he just starts talking about himself again. <laughs> but if you would say, but when you would say something to Dr. West, he he would like pause and you'd say, hmm, you know, I'm gonna have to give that some thought. So yeah. I, I would just put that contrast out there. <laughs> oh, that shit! Oh, that! Oh, that, that, oh there's so many things to say, man. That, that shit was funny, especially when they they were there in the interview. I've never seen CJ made uh, Cornell West pause so many times because I thought S Sabrina had that belt. I thought Sabrina was the heavyweight champ on that to make Cornell West pause so much, but apparently CJ was just slapping him with a bunch of pause moments and then follow ups. There's a point where she tried. He tried to basically do that whole. Joe Biden is better than Trump because he's on this issue. He's like, nah, man. It's, it's like, which one? I got here's an analogy. I got two poisons, a slow poison or a fast one. Which one do you want? Oh, that poison analogy was based. Yeah, that he had multiple analogies. Like JB has the JB has the burning house one. <laughs> the, the one with get, get out of the house because it's burning because you can't basically survive in there. And Wes was like, man, thank God for Kanye West, because he, he doesn't seem like someone who's a grifter. He, he seems to genuinely, even if he's wrong, he's willing to correct himself. Yeah, I, I do agree. And I think, you know, that's that's an area where I feel like Dr. Shiva can probably learn something from Cornell West in reference to just sometimes it's just good to listen. But having worked with like academics from MIT, this is exactly how they are. Like they they like to talk about their self. They like to talk about their work but they have difficulty sometimes listening to other people. And that includes their peers too, by the way, that includes their academic peers. So I think that um, I understand, obviously he's very angry. It was very clear to me, like this dude is pissed. Yeah. And maybe it's true that some people have wronged him along the way. But yeah. that being said, if you're running a presidential campaign, I need you to talk about the policy. So if I ask you, what is your plan for the economy? What would you do differently that Joe Biden is doing? that Joe Biden is not doing right now for him to give this whole history lesson. And then finally say, I'd have people on the ground. Like, dude, we could have saved 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That was like him being angry. And then the policies came the last minute. And then it was about Jimmy door. I'm like, bro, stop talking about Jimmy door. Jimmy door. Jimmy door brings RFK. I mean, the one thing I agree with him is if RFK is a fucking racist, uh, peddling, anti-Zionist, uh, anti anti-fucking uh, Palestinian brown people, all that shit. That's the only thing I agree with him. But the rest of it is like, I couldn't get his message out. I couldn't listen to his message. It was all about himself. So anyways, I'm going to let the other people speak. Thank you so much, Ashura. Go ahead, um, Noel, and then uh, Notori. I'll bring you in, but let's let uh, Noel speak oh, first. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for having me. Um, first of all, congratulations on reaching the final um, call-in episode. If this proves to be the final one, it's been a, a wonderful ride um, until we end up on the next app. But I wanted to make a, a comment about Dr. Shiva. Um, I found... I. I uh, what am I trying to say? I don't get into all the personality analysis. I don't care, you know, about all of the, oh, he seemed angry. He seemed this, this. This is not a beauty pageant. This is about attempting to change 
how this country goes. And I can certainly understand his frustration. Um, so I didn't dial into that. You know, frankly, I found his approach fascinating when he was talking about, you know, a ground up thing. And he was clear in that he he doesn't have much tolerance in this and that for the control mechanisms and machinations of the establishment. And I thought he did a great job in illustrating what he meant when he talked about Dr. King versus Malcolm X and the way the system, even if you're in a movement, the system has a way of exerting a type of control. And as he articulated his experience around running for Senate against, um, oh, what's her name? Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. He, you can understand why a person would be so frustrated when you're dealing with all these tricks and things. But I see people who step forward as people who are willing to lead, willing to add to the discourse. But I understand they're human. And and all of the stuff that people put you through the hoops that make you jump through simply because it's the establishment being the establishment, I think that does have an impact on people and it certainly can. But on the other hand, I see it as we have to encourage ourselves to be a little more resilient and a little more um, strong hearted in our positions in the electorate. Like I say, you know, as long as you're not cursing me out and this and that, I pulled my big girl panties up and I listened to what the message is. And I thought he had the right message. And I would like to see an alignment between him and Dr. West, because I think Dr. West does have the savoir faire, you know, to to appeal to people who are not just, you know, grounded in the body politic. But he has the right message and he was absolutely correct in his um, analysis about how nothing really changes because before you can get there, the establishment has figured a way in to, you know, control things. And I had not even thought about it in that way when he was talking about, you know, behind the scenes of the civil rights movement, there was certainly discourse about who got to speak, who didn't get to speak, if a woman would speak, what John, um, what's his face was able to say or not say. And that is the hand of control shaping that experience so that it would not be ultra offensive to the establishment. But to his point, he believes in the righteous indignation and, and the anger of the underclass. And when I saw that, I thought about the scene from um, Jacksonville, Florida, when the people were booing DeSantis and the um, city councilor jumps in and was like, OK, now, y'all, we got to listen, because if he's bringing gifts, we going to take them and listen. And I'm saying, allow these people to boo him, allow him to Feel the, the ire of what it is he has created with his rhetoric. We don't need to jump in and save him. We need to let him be booed right off that stage. And then maybe he'll think twice. But it's always this energy to shape the forum and the format so that these elected gatekeepers and grifters and everything else will feel comfortable. But when you look across history and especially American history, none of the battles that we consider wins 
came easy. There was always pushback, fighting, death, and all of these type of things because I think he's absolutely correct in that this, and it ties right into what I'm always saying, it's a plantation nation. The entire infrastructure of this thing has always been about a capitalist project to enrich the landowners and exploit labor. And no matter where you go in American history, that is what was going on. And I think to his point, until we just get to the zero tolerance point as the masses, we're just going to keep getting exploited and, you know, just used at every turn. And the capitalist project has always been a bipartisan project in this country, which is why the Democrats and Republicans gladly join hands to freeze out a third party. They're doing this thing together, but it's a game they play to spin it to the masses to ensure the polarities that will keep us focused on one another versus first focusing on the class situation. And that no matter how you slice it, the Democrat and Republicans are closer to the owner class. And if they're not of the owner class, they're the gatekeepers and grifters. So they all on the same team. And you notice no matter what we're going through in this nation, they rarely suffer. And, once, you know, we had the um, New Deal and things like that at the turn of the 19th, the 20th century. They have never stopped pushing back against those gains. So I see Dr. Shiva definitely as his ideology is moving towards the right direction. You're not going to reform capitalism. You're not going to reform this system. You can force it to shape shift, but at the end of the day, you still going to have capitalism exploiting the masses for riches, even through the pandemic, through a economic collapse, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And at some point, I think we just have to accept that. And you know what, what he spoke about really was revolutionary change. You're, you can't reform these effed up systems. You just can't. But, um, so that was my position on um, Dr. Shiva. I, I am very curious and interested, and I would like to see if there is some type of an alignment, you know, he could work out um, with Cornel West, because I think that's definitely the way things are going. And, and Dr. West talks about dismantling the empire. So those types of ideologies are really in an alignment. So um, I thought he was, you know, really great. And, you know, I see the things that people were saying about his personality, this and that, but I guess it's just easier for me to dismiss a portion of it. And, you know, because of who I am as a woman of trans experience, I understand being marginalized in a whole different way because there's the marginalization of just being black. Then there's the marginalization of being a different kind of black where you get the uber marginalization and it can have an impact on your personality at some point because you're just tired of everybody trying to shut you down because you're black. And then within the black community, you got people trying to shut you down because you're trans and they don't want to hear what you have to say, whether you're bright or not. And it's just like, oh, Lord, or you're not at a certain enough. point. You know, or, or, you're, or you're not black enough. That's another one, too. Yeah. 
And it's like, ooh, child, can we get to the real heart of the matter? And that is, honey, we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. And more importantly, we are going to survive or fail in this system together. You know, we I don't think we're going to be able to move back to a race based society where just you can overt say this is for the white people, black people get to the back of the line and drink out of their fountain. I don't think we're going to see that type of segregation in this country embraced legally again. I may be wrong because I do believe we're headed to an American style apartheid. But, you know, so we're joined at the hip in this class thing. And we're going to live and die by the same breath. So I would I would just hope that we could get to those types of um, expressions. But and moving on to Kyle, it is so clear to me, if it is not clear to anybody else, like I've said before, within the duopoly, you have the two conjoined orbits and you have the Democrat orbit. That includes MSNBC and then you have the portion of the orbit that extends to so-called independent media. And on the same thing with the right, you have MSNBC. I mean, you have Fox News in the center of the orbit. Then you have some of those like Tucker Carlson and people like that who would be considered now in the independent media orbit. You know, so it makes sense to me that he would be you know, articulating strategies that we know don't work. And he's basically leading you back to the Democratic Party. And I feel like at this juncture in our nation's history, with the clarity that we have about the duopoly and how it works, anybody, anything, any outlet, any podcast that's pushing you to those two major wings of the duopoly are a part of that orbit. And they're, you know, operatives for either the Democrat or the Republican Party or the establishment proper. And so at this point, if you're not talking about, um, in a sense, like Dr. Shiva burn it down or Dr. Um, West saying, you know, dismantle the empire. To me, you just stuck in something that just ain't going to work because we have if, if we don't know nothing in 2023 is that the two-party system just does not, it does not work for the poor and working class. It's working as it's designed, but it does not work for the underclass. It is an extension of the plantation nation, and this is what it looks like at this point in our nation's history. And those are just some of the comments I wanted to make. Thanks. Thank you so much. Natori, please unmute, and then we'll go to neoliberal and then Brent. Yeah, very good points there, Noel. What's up, Natori? Hello. I wanted to talk about um, Shiva. I like Shiva. I watch him on um, a couple of other shows, but I can tell. Um, <laughs> I can tell. Um, I, that's why I hold back on Twitter because I can tell some people wasn't going to like him. What he said was true. Everything he said was true, but I can tell some people weren't going to like him because how he come out. But I like somebody that's blunt and going to say what they don't care about nobody feelings and he going to say it. And I do agree with Noel. Um, I hope him and um, Wes can have a seat down or something because I feel like they can go far because what Cornell don't have, he have. And what he don't have, Wes have. And 
I just hope they have a sit down and I hope he do come back on your show and talk policy because I was in the chat saying get to the policy, but he was talking too damn much, but I still like him. Yeah, I think he made some really good points, especially when it comes to movement building that I think are just very, very important that people need to hear. Um, And I think that maybe he could work on his delivery a little bit, but see, if I were to say that to him, I think Dr. Shiva would say, no, Sabrina, that's what they want you to do. They want you to have to change who you are. See, I could I could already see that uh, happening. But I, I think the thing is, is um, first of all, shout out to Post Duopolis. I don't know who this, whoever this person really is, like the real name, but Post Duopolis has been killing it. They're the ones grabbing these clips. They grabbed that clip of Kyle saying that mess uh, that he said. They grabbed that clip of uh, Crystal and that ridiculous, no, actually neoliberal, I think it was post-duopolis and neoliberal tears grabbed that clip of Crystal, but it's just like, I hope everybody sees what's happening here, right? Like I just, and again, I just had a conversation with Bree, um, we recorded on Bad Faith about this particular issue, and she said she is supposed to have um, an interview with Crystal coming up soon, I don't know if it's going to be on Breaking Points or Crystal Kyle and Friends, but they are going to talk about this particular issue, you know, with uh, the rhetoric that came from Crystal's, that clip that went viral, like on Twitter. And um, obviously you guys know Brie is voted like green, right? The point that I made to Brie, like not to give things spoilers, but the point that I made to her is that when I look at successful movements that have happened in this country, At that point in time, it wasn't a popular thing to do. And everybody likes to mention the civil rights movement and they want to give like kudos there and that's cool. But what people have to understand is that the civil rights movement during that time was not popular. People really have to understand that. So those activists and those civil rights leaders could have easily caved into that pressure and said, you know what, now's not the time. But then where would we be today? Because the civil rights movement wasn't that long ago. So the point that I was trying to get across is, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, I told you guys tonight, there were three strategies that I believe should have happened at the same time in reference to this progressive movement. And I really do believe that if we would have covered all of those fronts, if we would have had the organizing on the ground, not just for the campaign, but in movement organizing on the ground with demands, like Eric always says, those progressive demands, and we would have had candidates running, not just on the national level, but also on the local level through third party and independent candidates as well. And we would have had a movement of people trying to get these progressive uh, progressive policies through ballot measures in these ballot initiative states we would have been unstoppable at this point in time. We would have actually accomplished things nationally instead of saying no progressive policies have been passed on the national level. But we didn't have that. Instead, what we had was that one strategy of let's try to put these candidates through the Democratic Party and let's hope for the best. There was no backup plan. That's that's why we are where we are right now. There was no plan B. How could we and do so, that now? Right. But that, but that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying now. So like when the gentleman that came on to talk about ballot access for Cornell West, notice what they said. 
we have planned to have Green Party candidates run along with Dr. West on the local level. That's how it's supposed to be, you guys. That way you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So we would have failed when it came to candidates going into the House or when Bernie Sanders lost in the White House, we still would have had the action happening on the local level. And that's the piece that was missing. Now, it seems like to me, people don't want to pay attention to local politics. And I got to tell you, all politics is local. When we talk about Medicare for all, you have to remember, before we even had this big discussion about Medicare for all, there was Obamacare. Obamacare came from Romney Care. Romney Care came from Massachusetts. That happened locally. We talk about the $15 minimum wage. That happened locally first. It still hasn't happened on the national level. We talk about decriminalizing marijuana and legalizing marijuana. That has happened locally. That has not happened on the national level. So this is the problem, folks. And so I think that, yes, I totally get it. It's not sexy, it's not attractive, and it doesn't get a lot of clicks and views. The videos that I do about ballot initiatives never get as many views as the other videos that I do. But you still have to tell people what their other options are. And I feel like we were not told about other options. So it just, it makes me want to pull like my hair out when I hear people like Crystal and Kyle make these talking points that they have because they know that there's other things that we can be doing. And I'm not saying they have to be activists on the ground. This is why I told Bree today. I'm not saying that everybody is an activist, but what I am saying is some of these people have these platforms where they have over millions of subscribers. And when us activists are having these events like the Medicare for all marches that happened in over 50 cities in this country two years ago, those large platforms are ignoring it. And they're not promoting it. We could have had way more people at those marches if Crystal and Saga would have at least even just mentioned it on their show. They did it. And they were contacted multiple times. But here's the thing we've already said. These huge platforms are in the Democrat orbit. They're getting paid. They're this, that, and the third. And there is going to be no solidarity amongst them because ultimately their personal interests lead them back to the Democratic orbit. So they're, you know, they're benefiting from those numbers and the subscriptions and this, that, and the third. And who, who even knows like the, the actual personal relationships they have. So we're just not going to be able to rely on them and depend or think they're going to serve the interests. And I think we would be remiss because I agree with you, Sabrina, about the three dimensions that should have been engaged at the end of the first Sanders campaign and the building out of this quote unquote left movement. But we have to deal with the fact that Bernie Sanders was controlled opposition. He was a sheepdog and a shield and everything else for the Democratic Party, because if he had been legitimate, if he had been acting out of integrity, he would have called out Hillary Clinton, bolted out of that um, coronation service that they had for her, went green or created a third party. And then we would have been able to explore those three alternatives that you're just talking about. But he was not a good faith actor in terms of the revolution that he talked about. So we pick up the pieces 
where we are now. And look how long it took some people to figure out and call Bernie Sanders for who his actions prove him to be. And to this day, you still have Sanders um, devotees who still cannot see him because as we talk about Dr. Shiva having a personality thing, Bernie Sanders is on the other end with all this affability and people can't see past the affability to see that this man is a bad faith actor and he's going to lead you to the slaughterhouse every time. So I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I see the progression and we all know that there is a nonpartisan left that we inhabit, but there's a democratic left that Kyle and all of those people in those in those orbits they occupy. So when Kyle says the left, he's talking about the democratic left. When we say left, we're talking about a nonpartisan left. So I agree with with all that, but as our like for our real left here, um, we really I'm urging people. I'm, I'm respectfully suggesting that every time we have these conversations and we pile on, yeah, Bernie sucks, these Democrats suck, their servants suck. But then what are we doing going forward? And I think we, we really need to keep in mind that, that we have this incredible opportunity with Dr. West's campaign that can be, you know, an incredible rallying point. And it's it's this incredible gift that that he is who he is and he's not the be all end all. But this it's an incredible opportunity. And so I, I, I you know, like I said, I, I agree with all the criticism, but then let's pivot to what what we can do going forward and what a, a, a true workers socialist movement that really does things for the 99% what that looks like and and how do we get there yeah really good really good points there um eric i want to bring in the tory and then go to neoliberal tears the best thing i can see going forward is the talking to new people like with sabby and i know y'all talk to different people all the time i'm talking about everybody that's in here and um, on Twitter, and it's time to get, and I hope y'all keep continue to do what y'all doing on RBN and you, Sabrina, because it's like what I see on Twitter is people keep saying that they, like, out of the, you can't be, um in the, to me, you can't be independent and still voting for, because all I keep seeing is Robert Kennedy and people saying on Twitter that if they don't, if they ain't going to support him, they're going to Donald Trump. But the thing is like, so y'all still in the two party system. It's that's it's right. like that it just pissed me off because it's like just say what you are, who you are. Stop playing games with people. You saying you independent, but yet you still voting for Republican or Democrat. So some of those people, that's a really good point. I think the thing is a lot of those, most of those people that I've spoken to um, that are saying that they're libertarians. Mm -hmm. And so there had not been an RFK Jr. campaign. They would be supporting Donald Trump anyway, unless there's a libertarian candidate that comes forward. I haven't heard of one just yet, um, but they would be supporting him anyway. See, that's, that's the thing. Some of these people voted for Trump last time. So I think when it comes to RFK Jr., we do have to remember, even though he's running the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm is his base i see a lot of libertarians i see some conservatives yeah i don't see as many democrats and then it's like people they keep saying what 
and this it makes me sick because they don't go so hard after um Robert. They don't go hard after him like they do Wes. Because I'm like, if um Wes did half of the shit Robert did, it would be that would tear Wes apart. I, I, they already doing it now, but it's like the shit that Robert get away with. It pissed me off, and then I understand you pose a change your message towards a certain group. But what pissed me off the most is telling Wes how he should speak. Like it's like it's how they say it on Twitter. Like it's like damn like just to me it remind me of nigga get back in your place. Exactly. You, you go you go to um Donald Trump country, you talk to them this way there. I'm like who the fuck are you to tell him how to speak? I understand he you can say it in a nice way, but to keep doing it and on Twitter is just something different like i just hear nigga you talk to them like that and this and to me i feel like they telling him to cater to um white people well what was interesting to me are the anti-war people who are really strong about being anti-war but they're rfk jr supporters they're willing to overlook his support of the state of israel's actions towards the palestinian people that's why i brought like miko Polib came on to talk about that because the thing is, is this is like you guys showing your whole ass. How are you going to sit up there and say, if you out there with signs up yelling at AOC saying that, oh, how dare you fund Ukraine war? But you silent about RFK Jr. and his support for what's happening in Israel and Palestine. That right there tell me this is really not about anti-war. It's really about personalities for you. Be consistent with the message. And some people are not consistent with the message. The same people who yelling at AOC for voting for supporting like Nazis in Ukraine, some of those same people are telling me, I don't care what happens in Israel and Palestine. Oh, but you care about what's happening in Ukraine? Mm -hmm. This is how you can cut through the BS, you guys. This is how you can tell some of these people are just focused. They're supporting someone because they are a personality. RFK Jr., RFK Jr. is a Kennedy. RFK Jr. is worth over $500 million. Yes, he has done some good things when it comes to the environment. But RFK Jr. has no plan B. See, he's another one. I'm trying to show you guys a cycle. When we talked about the progressive movement, we said tonight there was no plan B if they didn't do what they said they were going to do, right? There was no backup plan. RFK Jr. has told us multiple times he has no backup plan. To see him sit there and smear the Palestinian people, that in itself is bullshit. And none of those people who say they're anti-war, who are supporting RFK Jr., will call RFK Jr. out on that bullshit. But you call out people in reference to Ukraine. So are you really anti-war or are you just against the war in Ukraine? Right. And what like it's just it's just to see them keep talking about they um independent, but yet keep going for um Robert because they so to me I feel like they so far up his ass and Robert not even in the I keep saying this he's not even in the White House yet and he all up Israel and the lobbyists and that um what's that guy name that rabbi guy Rabbi Shmuley yes up his ass and i'm like if he can't handle and take control of him and he ain't even in the white house yet and it's like again it's like i keep seeing how they keep 
like it's no way they will let um Wes hell they don't do it now, but let him get away with half of the shit Robert is doing. And it's like they just don't look at because like I see it's a big thing about COVID. And it's um yeah, though to me the only thing I see them like so gun ho about is COVID, but when you say something about reparations, oh it's it's like they swoop it away like they always do. I don't want to make it a black thing, but like they just say, nigga, get over there. This is about right. it. This they, how I feel. Right. They want the candidate that speaks to white issues. That's what this really is. Let's just keep it real, people. It's not just about, oh, anti-war, da-da-da. No, they like RFK Jr. because his big thing that he's known for, although he says he's not running on it, what he says he's known for is the COVID issue, right? And the vaccine and things like that. Okay. You can have your your position on that. But again, who does that actually speak to? That is one issue, whereas the first time in my adult life where white people felt like they lost their freedom and their rights. That's why they like RFK Jr. Mm -hmm. That's what people have to understand. That's why they like him. And they're like, oh, because this, and he said free speech, and he said, and and so what? Let me make let, let's make this sense. You say you're anti-war, and you say that you want these wars and all the stuff to to stop. Shouldn't that include Israel and Palestine? And if that's the case, then why wouldn't you be supporting someone like Cornell West, who has the correct position when it comes to Israel and Palestine and wants all that shit to stop? Right, and when they come in my fucking inbox talking about, see, look, understand, don't, I don't want to understand shit. He ain't fighting for, like, it's nothing he can do, plus he's a Democrat, and then everything that I see, like, it's like, shoot, get over there, and the only thing to me is, like, he talking to those, the white people over there that's, like, for Trump, but don't really want to vote for him. But as soon as he drop out and probably endorse Joe Biden, they going right back to Trump. So that's why I'm saying we need to talk to different people, the people that don't vote, because it is kind of feeling like a circle. But to see the people that, and they still say they are to this day, they independent, but how are you independent when you gun-ho for a robber or a Marianne? Because people fall for personalities. And that's where we are. You look at what they're saying, and then you see what they do. Like, it's this funny, this funny stuff to me. Very, very well said, uh, Notori. Go ahead, Noel, and then I'll bring in uh, neoliberal tears. Just one comment um, in response to what Notori is saying. We have to understand that in this country, white issues and white grievance have been the subtext of all of American politics. They have compartmentalized slavery and what happened to the black people and they freeze it in that period of time. And after the emancipation, they see that as a non-issue. Meanwhile, Everything else that we talk about, even in terms of the working class, is understood. It's the default position that we're talking about poor and working class white America, which is why when you raise the plight of the descendants of slaves as a discrete thing and talk about reparations, there is a pushback because what you're doing is inverting the normal order.
It's understood that everything in this country is about white people. And if you force the issue of black people, there is a pushback. When everybody who, if you really talk the issues through, everybody agrees that slavery was wrong. Everybody agrees that emancipation without reparation is not freedom in a capitalist country. But that's not the subtext. Reparations and talk about that are not just blended into the whole ask or demand of the poor and working poor. It is understood that it is about their issues. And when we say, can we add this issue there is pushback, and that's how you know the default position is the grievance of white America. That's why when Trump said, oh, you're the forgotten man, and I see you, and you know this and that, they responded. There's a reason why the majority of the people who follow and cling to him and were a part of that January 6th thing were majority white people, and not all of them were poor or working class, but he spoke to white grievance in a way that was subtle and that was dog whistled and they responded to it. And until we can kind of get to those issues, I think that and these are the polarities that the establishment works to reinforce. And that's why Fred Hampton had to go when he was trying to build a bridge across that racial divide. But, you know, and like I say, White supremacy in this nation has been a bipartisan project. You may have the activists that have come out of the modern day Republican side, but you have the pacifists and pacifists who've been on the Democratic side who tolerated those um, moderates that Dr. King talked about. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to add that to frame the context of the discourse around the political issues that surface and how they interact. Well said, uh, neoliberal tears. Come on in, just gotta unmute. Hey, besties, how's it going? Um, Hello. Yeah, I mean, everybody's spitting fire tonight. Um, Savvy, you've been killing it. Oh my God. I mean, thank you so much. Like, I feel like this week you've been like, our like the left's hero. You started with like Dr. West's interview, Rising, Glenn, you know, I, I mean, uh, Crystal and Kyle just, you know, uh, making us all, you know, cringe ourselves. Um, but really it's like amazing. It's been a amazing. busy week, huh? <laughs> Crazy. Oh my God. Um, are you taking a vacation like for Labor Day or are you going somewhere? I'm still trying to figure that out. Wait a minute. Is that this weekend? Same. Whoops. I think so. Guys, am I right? I think the, yeah, yeah, September. Um, yeah, same. I'm, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll figure something out. Um, oh, damn, I guess I better figure that. I think I'm supposed to go to a lake or something. Wait, I don't even know. I have to check with my husband. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, no, nice. that's next weekend. Wait, so are you guys serious? Labor Day weekend is this weekend? Mm-hmm. Wait, so yeah. Monday's a holiday? Yes, ma'am. Shoot. <laughs> Breaking news, guys, from uh, neoliberal peers. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it good news or bad? I feel like it's good news, right? I have to figure. I have to I guess. I have to figure that out. Then sorry about that. But go ahead. <laughs> um, no, but I'm so excited too that you get to talk to Brie about. Um... But first of all, let me say this: Did you guys ever watch The Nanny uh, with yes. Fran Drescher? Okay. Did you know Dr. Shiva was married to Fran Drescher? Yes, I did. I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> I, I just found that out. Isn't that crazy? 
Mm-hmm. I know I wasn't going to mention that. And I especially wasn't going to tell people that before I had the interview, because I know people would put it in the chat and he reads the chat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, like, obviously, listen, I'm not I'm not voting for the guy, but I mean, there's a part of me that just likes it when someone's spicy, like, you know, the way he said booby Kennedy and fucker Carlson. Like, <laughs> I mean, the guy has skills, like there's some framing skills there. Um, gotta appreciate that. And Vivek the snake. <laughs> oh, that was so good. That was so, that sticks with you. I mean, honestly, better than Trump. And, and I mean, that's wow. Yeah, maybe we should have him make like, um, nicknames for us. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a funny one. I think Dr. Shiva is, um, he's a unique, person right so like he he, his personality is just it's difficult to grasp i think if you're not used to that type of energy (laughs) yeah 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 i mean maybe some emotional intelligence lessons i don't know maybe mit has a class well i mean maybe we'll sign them up we'll see um but yeah like i mean i just want to say like ever since dr west announced his candidacy like i really feel like the left has been really alive, like as a movement, like it really feels like, um, you know, if you, if you look at, uh, even the comments on breaking point segment, um, you know, from, from people who are considering Dr. West, like they're, they're, they're not seeing their viewpoint represented. I mean, we are at a historical moment. I mean, we, we really are. And it's weird that it's our independent media people, not even, you know, meet the press when they had Cornell West on. They didn't talk to him the way Kyle um, was sort of, you know, uh, belittling him, infantilizing him, making fun of his intelligence. Like, who the fuck are you, Kyle Kalinske, to talk about so his money. intelligence? That's like, it was that infuriating. That's, but that's that, that entitlement. Entitlement, like... Like also like when 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 Dr. West first announced, Kyle was like, "Oh yeah, I saw him on Joe Rogan. He did really well." Like for Kyle, this is all just a game. Like you say, it's like ESPN to him. Um, yep. It's like you know, it's like players to root for until until the next season. And 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 I gotta say, Lentori made really made me realize, like you know, when she was framing it, like Crystal and Kyle have their player, you know, like Marianne <laughs> that they're trying to push. Um, and it's and and and. And Jimmy kind of fell in love with RFK and they're running as Democrats. Like Dr. West is running third party. Like that's the biggest, really the biggest thing that I, that I kind of can't believe they're not, you know, getting on. They're not realizing that this is what the left has asked for. That's why people are really excited. Um, and, you know, I'm just, it's really, but it's really ex- exciting to me to see how much agreement there is, you know, because, you know, when I pulled out that tweet, I wasn't trying to dunk on Crystal. Like, I was just, like, I took really good care to make sure, like, you know, that I was directly quoting only what she exactly said, that I wasn't misframing anything, you know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like those accounts that, like, actually, like, clip things and miss, you know, in, in a, in a, and miscontextualize things and and manipulate them that's the opposite of what i was trying to do but she just said it she said dr west will hurt the left hurt the left 
hurt the left. Yes, like it's, she it, did. it's just, so I'm so glad we were all calling it out in real time. Thank you guys. And thank you, Sabi. Thank you so much, Neil and Tibbs. Let's bring in uh, Brent. Brent, what's going on? Just got to unmute. Can you hear me? I can hear Hello? you. What's up? Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Hello? We hear you. Okay. I'm not sure if you hear us. Yeah, I hear you guys now. Okay, so um, first of all, Kyle's a sellout. Um, he's a hypocrite. And um, what he did to Jimmy was absolutely was awful. And he's all about money. And he married Crystal for um, because his show sucks. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. Like he's a, he's a solid. He's inconsistent, and and he thinks that the what what he did to Jimmy Dore was absolutely terrible. Um, he's in it for the money. So that's what I have to say about Kyle. Um, in terms of the personalities, I think it's very it's something that I've encountered on this channel and on other channels. Like for example. People want to be progressive and because the common neoliberal MSNBC uh, mainstream media of a talking point is Russia bad, Russia bad, Russia bad, Ukraine good, U.S. good, all that kind of stuff. And um, people want to be on, especially on this channel, I think um, they want to say that uh, Ukraine's, Ukraine is the bad one and Russia is somehow was justified because we put weapons on their border uh in in truth russia is pro-war ukraine is pro-war u.s is pro-war uk is pro-war israel is pro-war everyone is pro-war because of the military industrial complex to make money so but it, it seems so hard for people to accept that um consistent viewpoint because it seems like if you said that russia was bad it's like you're a neoliberal which it shouldn't even matter whether you need a liberal or not. You're anti-war, you're anti-war. It doesn't matter who you affiliate with. And I feel like when you mention about personalities, I think that's what people get caught up in. Because at the end of the day, it, everyone, it seems like all the major countries are pro-war. I mean, there's no really anti-war country I could think of off the top of my head. So that's just something I want to say regarding that. So... Yeah, I don't remember saying that Ukraine put missiles on Russia's. That didn't come from me. No, no, not from you, but like from other channels. Like um, people say, like Jimmy Dore, uh, or like people like Jackson Hinkle. They would say all this, like the missile, the um, NATO pro uh, NATO expansion, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they're no question. U.S. They're trying to provoke a war, but. The Russian invasion is also pro-war. And for some reason, people kept... I would go on... There's some people in your call. They're probably in your chat right now. They would say, like, Russia um, was justified because you being provoked justifies a, a pro-war reaction. And I just... I push back on that on this channel and then a few other channels, too. And I feel like the, the personality... I feel like the personality came into play... Because people saying Russia bad was the main uh, mainstream talking point to push a war with Russia. And I feel like at the end of the day, they're all pro-war, all in it for the money. And 
I feel like that's that's what when you mentioned personalities that, that just brought up some memories. So I think we have to be careful about um, attempting to oversimplify foreign affairs and how these wars come to pass. Um, because to say Russia good or Russia bad or this and that. That's just as an egregious and oversimplification as if to say either you're pro-war or you're anti-war. Because, you know, there is the war that is in defense of being an attack, but that is still war. And there is the issue of provocation. And so people, nation states are going to respond. And I think we have to be prepared for those nuanced understandings of these foreign affairs, um, because an oversimplification of any of it, you know, outside of the fact that Israel is an apartheid state and that, you know, things of that nature. But I, I caution us in oversimplifying things in either direction, because it really is more of course, of course. And the mainstream media, especially MSNBC and those channels, they say like Russia, bad, 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 bad. And they're so, much, they're so much smarter than that, but they're knowingly making it so simple as if Russia is the only quote unquote bad guy. When in reality, at the same time, uh, Saudi Arabia was um, violating Yemen's uh, territorial sovereignty and the, the U.S. was helping Saudi Arabia bomb Yemen at the same time. There's no coverage of that. And at the end of the day, it's, it seems like all these countries, they're all pro-war, it seems, because it's all about the money. So yeah. it's it's just too bad. Yeah, it's, it really is uh, unfortunate. Um, we've become such a, a war economy. Right. And it's, it's profitable. Um, to start war and it's I mean we're funding these wars yet here at home I see increased amounts of homelessness and nobody seems to care yet um, billions are going to Ukraine and yeah just (laughs) and people are are so focused on the personalities that um, I feel like the focus should be more on what's going on at home. And I really don't follow these politicians because um, some of these people, like I watched the, the, the debate with the Republicans. Uh, I think that Indian guy, uh, Vivek, he, st- he called out Pence for being a, um, a shill for um, something. But at the end of the day, all these, even that guy, I feel like they're all, they all say the right things, but they're just doing it to, um, to rise up the ladder. They, they don't care about you. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think these are all good points. Um, I'll be talking about uh, Vivek's uh, funding and a bunch of other things about Vivek tomorrow that have been come, that have come to light in reference to what he says versus what he does. Ah, okay. So he's a, he's, he's, he said it so well too. He's very polished. But I know he's a fraud because I, I hate to generalize because it's it's not right. But I've noticed people from certain areas, certain classes, certain um, races, certain who come from certain areas, they they all seem to be climbing up the social ladder. They just say the right things, 
and they just to get ahead and they don't really care about you. And it's just, it's really frustrating seeing this guy who pretends that all the people on the stage are bought off, but he's not, I don't buy it. So. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel you. And honestly, I think that what Dr. Shiva said about like Vivek, I think it was a hundred percent true. These are the kind of people that we need to like, and I know most of you guys don't support Vivek anyway, but the fact that, that he's gaining the, and I said this before, like I told you guys, I thought that he was selected because like I said, like, how do you just come out of nowhere and you just shoot up in the polls so quickly? Nobody knew who this guy was. Then I see all this other stuff, like that's coming out where him and Pete Buttigieg actually had similarities. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow night. We're going to talk about it tomorrow night because like, I now I see the path that he basically followed. He followed a similar path that Pete Buttigieg followed, and they were in some of the same circles with the same people. And that explains why, like I said, I told you guys Pete Buttigieg was selected. So they're right. the Obama types. They really are. Like Pete and Vivek, they are the Obama style candidate that the Democratic Party loves to have. Because they say all the right words. Because Obama, he when he when he ran, he said all the right words like Hillary's bot, all this kind um, access to healthcare, very slimy and very polished. And Vivek, he's saying all the right things. I think Fox News, they know that um, there's a growing frustration with both parties, and and they just found someone that would say the right words like, oh, um, bought off politician because. That seems to be like the, the 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 phrase that people that are frustrated with both parties they like to hear bought off politician corrupt politician those are those are like the, the the catchphrases that gets people's attention but if you look if people look at his record I'm sure you're gonna find a lot of um, inconsistencies in between his rhetoric and what he actually does and this is a part of the bread and circus show it's a distraction. The one right. that Vivek, um, Obama, and Donald Trump all have in common is they can run as relative outsiders on an inside game. But if you pay attention to their rhetoric, there is a strict adherence to, quote unquote, the American dream narrative and dreamscape and all of these types of things. Which is why when you raise the issue of reparations to them, it becomes something that distorts that American dream. But it's all about pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you can make it if you're willing to put in the work and this and that. And I find it very interesting that people like um, Vivek Ramaswamy and um, what's the girl name out of Carolina? What is her name? Nikki Nimrata Haley <laughs> and these people, these people of East Indian descent are emerging in a very significant way in a very short time in a culture that was not theirs for generations. And I think Dr. Shiva made a good point when he talked about you have these people from the Brahmin class, you know, who understand the language and rhetoric of class and they bring the brown skin so they're right up in there but it is amazing to me 
that um, Vivek Ramaswamy can negotiate that narrative and not run afoul of the race thing. And if you if you dip him in white paint, he could easily be Trump number two because he has that outside game thing. So he comes in punching at everybody else as insiders. And that speaks to the disaffection that the political base has ever since the Tea Party. And that's why they cling to Donald Trump. And he is very careful to pay allegiance to Donald Trump. And so he's saying, I am the next. If if Trump can't do it, it's me. And if Trump can do it, I'll be happy to be his VP. But it's that same thing of capitalizing on the disaffection and disillusionment with the base, but still adhering to a narrative that is familiar to them and being careful not to cross the lines and speak to the entire mass of poor and working poor in ways that honor their distinctions. As long as you don't cross the race, then you could talk about poor and working poor in, in a generic sense. But if you introduce race as a discrete variable, he he takes the right side for his party and pushes against that stuff. It's, it's really interesting. Well said, Noel. Well said. Anything else, Brent? If not, I'm going to move on to Kirby. Um, no, that's it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Kirby, you are on the mic. What's going on? Just have to unmute. There yeah, you go. Yeah, I've got it. Uh, appreciate it. I had to call in because it's your last call-in show. And as an old guy, I have to learn new technology if I ever talk to you again. I'm so sorry. I know. Like, I guess I'll be switching <laughs> over to locals. This is a mess. I'm like, I have to tell people to download another app. Well, you know, I'll willingly do it. Uh, you know, call-in didn't work very well for a very long time, and now it's working really well. <laughs> I mean, I would have to – I did, I was shy, and I didn't want to call in, but it, I, it would cut off unless I called in. And uh, so you, now it doesn't do that. Now that I like to call in. You know, now I'm going to lose it. But at any rate, Noel, as usual, has covered a lot of ground. So a lot of what I was going to say, I just, Noel's already said it. Um, as far as I really enjoyed Dr. Shiva, and I felt like he was even angry at me because I hadn't heard of him. And I think he should give us a little bit of a break because everything he complained about is exactly the reason I hadn't heard from him because I'm pretty up on progressive politics. And uh, I had heard in the, uh, uh, in, in the atmosphere about the email controversy, but I didn't have any face or any person to connect it to until you interviewed him. So thank you very much. I think he's a great voice. We should hear these angry voices. Um, uh, we have to understand anger and not necessarily take it personally. Uh, I can speak to that because when I was 17, I was actually in a race riot that was not started by the Black Panthers. I, I, I currently live in Chattanooga. I was living in Chattanooga then. I belonged to a theater group that went around town performing little plays for children during the summertime 
and it would go with a, a game time truck that the city paid for. And it was operated by the head coach of the largest black high school in town. And so he thought he was a, a big deal. And we showed up at one of the projects and it happened to be the first day that I had a speaking line. My line was, I have found the white feather, my Lord. And we were approached as we're setting up by uh, representatives, they said, of the Black Panthers and told us to leave. Well, I had my fucking ear, listening ears on because the atmosphere was a thick. You could see it. And these adults, not the first time adults failed me, these adults didn't take this seriously. And I took it so seriously, I went to the prop chest because I was not going to say white feather, okay? I found myself a red feather. And uh, I was going to change the line. It didn't matter. And I didn't get to say my line because then we were assaulted. And... um. I uh, was left alone. There were many cars and many people at first, but slowly but surely, uh, the crowd dwindled because of the mayhem. And I got back to the car I had come in, and there were two other young boys that weren't part of the troop but just were there with their friend, maybe 14, I think. And um, so we were left there alone when... Everybody was gone, and the crowd found us in the car and tore the car literally apart. And I was in the front seat and crouched down, and someone had already thrown a big boulder on me, and I grabbed the boulder when they tried to throw it on me again. And as I did that, someone knocked the windshield in on me, and the glass fell, and I thought to myself, this is just like the dream. I've been having all my life glass falls on me, a door opens and my teeth are knocked out. And that's what happened. And as that happened, I found the strength to start talking to them. And I asked them what they wanted and they explained to me, they wanted me to get the hell out of there. And I said, fine, fine, fine. And we left uh, hobbling along because I'd been stabbed in the arm. My knee was a bad my teeth were hanging out of my mouth and the two kids with me were all beaten up too and we were just walking out of the projects and if we approached an adult they just closed the door on us because they were frightened and pretty soon a group of people came running after us like we were trying to get away from them but it was in the distance and then they got caught up with us it was all the little kids from the show and they took us somewhere where we then were taken to the hospital. And uh, I remember that anger. It was justified. Uh, the adults should have listened to these people. When you're angry like that, you should be listened to. And that's Shiva kind of brought that back to me a little bit about how people don't understand anger. And they will blame the person who's angry. Instead of trying to understand where the anger is coming from. And that's a long story. But again, I have never had resentment. There was a, large, a very tall woman with a huge afro in the back of the crowd. 
who I started talking to when I came out of the car. And I could only look at her. And I felt like she saved my life. I felt like somehow she had prevented any further violence. And the strange thing about this woman, she was very young. She was very tall. She had a swash sticker carved in her navel, which I've always just wondered the hell about. And um, later I found out many years later that she was the only person convicted of anything because she was the only person anybody could remember. So I've always felt very guilty about that because she saved my life. If I had been an adult and knew about that, I would have said to people, I'd have gone to court, but I didn't. I was stupid. And, you know, I was getting over my injuries and going on with life. And nothing much has changed in all those years, really. So I'm going to stop talking, let you give me feedback. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Kirby. Um, I always appreciate You can tell I'm very emotional about it, I hope. I mean, I'm not crying or anything, but it really brings up very visceral things that make me feel like I was born in the right time. Now, that may sound strange, but like I said, I dreamed about that incident of glass then my teeth being knocked out all my young life. Hmm. I always appreciate hearing from uh, listeners and callers and viewers that are older and they were around during those times, right? Like, so they were around during like Black Panther, like movements and stuff like that, because I just, I, I don't know, obviously firsthand experience what it was like, but I've heard from, you know, my grandparents and people like you discuss like what it was like to be around during those times. And for people uh, that are part of my generation, us millennials, we don't really have anything close to that to really point to. I mean, some people could say the George Floyd protest, but it's not the same. And I think that I always appreciate hearing like what people who are, who were around during that time, like what they have to say and what they experienced, because I think we can learn. Well, and, you know, the history is forgotten because, you know, I know I know a number of black people who are older than you by far who didn't even know the Black Panthers existed in a town like Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. And, you know, somehow important uh, history is always buried. Right. Large history, small history. The history of our current president, the, uh, the history of our civilizations. For some reason, they want to hide it from us. And I'm, I'm just so sick. Uh, and I felt like Dr. Shiva was talking to this kind of frustration of all this hidden um, bullshit, really. Um, and, you know, I wondered, you know, you talked to him about uh, Sharma. And I'd love to hear them have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd also like to know what cast Shama's family had come from. Me because too. She's, she's obviously not as pissed off as he is, right? <laughs> I mean. Well, I mean, she's, she's, she's still angry at the system. Like, if you've seen any of her rallies that she's led in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's angry. That's absolutely true. But 
not not like uh, just he, he will chew the furniture. Mm -hmm. And did we see a little bit of Sabrina tonight? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I, I think, I, I think I, you know, I think that, um, you know, one thing I know Shama was really disgusted with the caste system, right? So that's why she led like that movement to oh, yeah. make caste discrimination illegal, like in Seattle, which I'm going to tell you guys, I didn't even know that was still a thing in this country. So I was kind of surprised by that, like when it, it the news first, first broke. But at the same time, I think that like, um, I think that people, I would love to see Shama and Dr. Shiva have a conversation together. Because it was obvious to me when he was speaking yesterday, he went on Misty's radio show too, by the way, you guys. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. It was yeah. obvious to me, like there was obviously not just anger, but there was, I sensed a lot of hurt. And I can tell you, having worked every college that I worked at, I worked in the sciences. So I can tell you that there is a, I, I guess, a uh, an issue in the sciences, particularly in the colleges here in Massachusetts, where the scientists are, sciences are pretty much dominated by white men. There are very few women, very, very few women in these departments. And there are, it's majority male, whether it was when I was at MIT, BU, Harvard, et cetera. I'm telling you across the board. And the women don't receive the, the cred that they should. They're disrespected. But then also, even within the men, it's like black guys or you know, guys that are from like, like India, et cetera, like they're also not given the same amount of respect. And so that's what I sensed, like listening to him talk, I was like, I know where this is coming from. Well, my, it, thing, my thing was though, was that, um, that I wanted people to understand or I wanted him to understand when I said, it seems like, you're mad at everybody. The reason why I said that is because if you're asking why these people haven't brought you onto their show, the way to knock it on their show <laughs> is calling the names and F this, F that. That's not going to encourage, that's not going to make them want to bring you on. And that's the thing. Like, you never know who people... You never know who people who, who may have contact with, right? So I was just on Glenn Greenwald's show. That was the second time I've been on Glenn's show. The first time was when they were doing like a demo of the show. And the thing is, is like, if he wanted to come on Glenn Greenwald's show, like he could have just said, you know, how can I get in touch with Glenn Greenwald? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was like, it's not even just that interview. Like it's he's made it public on Twitter as well. He's called them out on Twitter after that interview. He, so now it's like, am I going to go to Glenn pussies. now? And say, he went yeah, so he uh, hard yeah, for no reason. So like, right. So now can I be like, hey, Glenn, would you be interested in having Glenn's probably like, hells no. Oh, yeah. So that's the thing. Well, no caps. I mean, that's that's just kind of funny. Well, that's why I said he, he, he was even, I felt like he was even mad at me, you know, <laughs> he didn't know me from Adam. Um, but I think everybody has a big enough uh, concept in their 
heads about what the what we're trying to do by corralling all the forces that are against the establishment um that he might be forgiven you know i mean you know jimmy jimmy's pretty hard dude uh, but i think he would like to hear what he has to say he certainly you know would enjoy the anger and and uh we're all upset about the corruption across the board and you have to understand it's not just politics it's medicine it's physics it's history everything is corrupt because they're hiding so much and they look at everybody suspiciously if they don't know for sure you've got their back and uh Goodbye yeah. to all of you. It was really nice talking. I just finished working. I was sitting here waiting to talk. I got my chance. I wish you all good health. It, by the way, it's a super blue honeymoon tonight. Won't happen blue again for 22 years. Tonight. Won't happen again for yes. 22 years. Oh. oh, wow. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so good much, night. Peter. Bye. Or Kirby, sorry. Mm -hmm. Bringing in Peter. What's up, Peter? And then I'll go to you, Roger. Peter, just have to hit the unmute button there. Greetings. We cannot hear you, Peter. You unmuted, but we don't hear anything. Okay. I'm going to invite you as a speaker. Sometimes that fixes the problem because Dwayne has that happen to him as well. Okay, so go ahead and mute yourself. Peter, and then try to unmute yourself. And I'll go ahead and bring in David. What's up, David? Go ahead and unmute. Hello, David. Okay, David, I can't hear you either. I don't know what's going on. Roger, we'll go ahead and go to you for the time being. And David, I'll make you uh, a speaker. Sometimes this happens. I suspect that I missed a lot. <laughs> I bought somebody from uh, the tennis thing in Queens up to Connecticut. Um, so I don't know what was said. I, I did hear the Shiva part. And, and yeah, yeah, he was, uh, that, that, that was, that, that was kind of crazy. But here's the thing. I asked my customer, right? And it's all, and just want people to do this exercise because I do it with my um, customers all the time. Talk to people outside your, outside the bubble. You know what I mean? I've been finding people like, hey, uh, do you know that RFK is primarying Joe Biden? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, do you know that Dr. Cornell West is running for president. It's Green Party. They'd be like, who? You know what I mean? So just showing that we, we will say like, oh, yo, he's popular and so on and so forth. But the average person, the apolitical person, don't know who these people are. I mean, they'll probably know who RFK Jr. is. That's easy. But they know he's running for president. They certainly don't know about Marion Williamson. Nope. You know? Nope. And, and it's just, it's you know, it's just like, it, I, I just implore everyone to do that exercise, just to be like, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know who Dr. Cornell West is? Well, I don't be like, no. Now, here's something else. I wanted, this is exactly why, remember when um, um, 
Now, I hate to go back to this and bring it up again or whatever. But when Pasta shot down, um, when he was with uh, Kit, my, my thing, my suggestion that Cornell West go to the black community, go to the hood, and, and speak to us and secure that before he goes running off into Trump country. And he's like, no, 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 he already got those votes. Now, you and JB just did a show that just showed all these brothers that was for Trump, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the reason why I say that. Stop assuming that just because someone's black or whatever the case is that, oh, they're gonna vote for him because he's black. Most people don't even know who these people are. Yep. <laughs> Matter of fact, most people don't even know who their governor is. No, or the, their city councilor, Roger. Here's the thing. I don't expect them to know that part because lawmakers are like, people recognize centralized power. So if anything, you would expect them to know the exec, who secures the executive position in the federal, in the state, or, or like local. So they might not know who their city council person is, but they'll probably know who. Maybe they may know who the mayor is, depending on if it's a big city. But if it's like a little, a little uh, local small town somewhere, eh, most likely they're not going to know. You know what I mean? And um, you know, just just you know, it's it's just always good to just you know get outside your uh, you know your your political bubble and so on and so forth. Now about Kyle, um, look. None of these people, so due dissonance wasn't around at the time. None of these people from New York, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? the Majority Report and Kyle Kalinske. I think Brianna, I think she might have still been in in New York. They never covered us when we went up to uh, and, and, and held up traffic in Albany for the New York Health Act. Recent you know what I mean? But, no, I'm going back. I'm going back some years. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because I know she was in Manhattan at one time. None of these people covered us when we was holding up traffic and almost getting arrested, you know, in uh, at Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousin's office because we wanted to, uh, what's that word, deliver these postcards to her office saying all of these people that need um, health care and they need the New York Health Act she like locked us out. She did a she cold pulled a Cuomo on us. Like because I remember one time, Governor Cuomo had like people arrested for protesting outside his office, and so on and so forth. But then when we did it again, he didn't do it. I guess he thought that was a bad look or whatever the case is. But what I'm saying is, none of these people like the you know they're not paying attention to to they can't even pay attention to what's in their own backyard. They're looking so much at at the federal that we're like, yo, we could get this thing done right here. So they never showed up. So I, I never took these guys really that much serious at all or whatever the case is. I mean, look, you know, like, I didn't know about, like, you know, I was cool with no Mickey until you guys, like, told me about the whole NATO thing. I was like, what? You know, Notice I, how you don't hear, notice how you don't hear from no Mickey anymore? Yeah, I noticed that. You know what I'm saying? Me and me and her was cool. I told you that on our first call in. You know what I mean? Like, 
I mean, I actually still have a cell phone number. You know what I mean? I haven't talked to it in like years. But at the same time, these people are fake. Her too. I think Roger, the the, the really important point um, that I heard you make is that you know Doctor West isn't running to convince Kyle Kalinsky, uh, you know, to, to to vote for him. Like he's not trying. Like oh, yeah, yeah, Kyle yeah, is yeah. a Democrat. He's never going to yeah. get his vote. He's not running yeah. to convince Pasta or Jimmy to vote for him. He's running oh, yeah. third party. They can do whatever the fuck they want. They can yeah. choose to, if they want to vote for him or a Democrat, that's their choice. He's running to reach non-voters. He's running exactly. to, re to reach people exactly. that have not voted before. That's who he's trying to target. And they're trying to tell him to go to, you know, I feel like a lot of people are trying to like have influence with him, like, and tell him, go this way, go that way, say this, go hard, go, you know, eviscerate Anderson Cooper. Like, you know, and it's like, I think yeah. the fact that he comes out of it with love is actually mm -hmm. a powerful weapon. It disarms people. It makes them mm -hmm. hesitant to attack you. And I feel like a lot of the critiques against Dr. West are just completely because people are upset. They don't have that as much influence him. with him. That they don't yeah. have, can't control him. He doesn't come on their shows as often. And, it, and they need to let that go. They need to let that shit go because and, and not inflame rfk in our fucking faces when he's forget everything forget and, and i don't forget you know his shmuley and all that shit he's running as a democrat period point blank what are yeah. you doing no what are you here. why are you defending him why are you retweeting him and why are you giving him i'm sorry a grim job when he comes on your show and you say, I don't know enough about that. No, you nah, know enough about yeah. that. And you don't yep. get to phone a friend. You don't get to say, oh, I don't know enough. No, he, you know enough. You covered it before. And he's a politician and he's running for president. You're, wh wh what are you doing? To I'm sorry, guys. I'm just rambling. I'll, no, I'll no, go. Who, who no, you no Wait a minute. Who are you talking about, neoliberal tears? Well, when you have RFK on your show, I don't want to mention names because... You know, I, I mean, okay, fine. I'll mention, I, I listen to Jimmy Dore all the time when he makes fun of Democrats. No one makes fun of Jimmy. Uh, sorry, no one makes fun of Democrats like Jimmy. But when he had RFK on, it felt it was a grim job. It was a tongue yeah. bath. And that was, I'm sorry, like a real break, I think, between Jimmy and a lot of people that love watching his show. And, um, and we need to get behind Dr. West and we need to shut down Kyle Kalinske's who's, who, whatever, whatever they're spinning, we need to shut that down. Sorry, Roger. So I got, so, so, um, what's that word? You, you gave us, uh, broken points. I have to match that with succular talk. So now we're one and one. So who's going to be the tiebreaker? So I, I matched you with that. Uh, so I, I don't know. Okay. Well, let me make now a we comment. need to throw the potato for someone. Peter, we'll throw. Go ahead, Peter. Wait, we got Peter on the mic. Uh, Peter, yes, go ahead. Yes, Roger, can you yes. mute for a second? Because you got. Um, thank you. Go ahead, Peter. In regards to uh, Kalinsky, let me just say this: um, liberals are the biggest racists, right? They have expectations and assumptions about blacks, how, you know, and they want you to stay on the democratic plantation. And that's basically what it is. And Kalinsky's thing is like, um, dumb nigga, what you doing here when it comes to um, Cornell West? And that's really offensive. 
And my question is, which I haven't heard anybody ask, I mean, not here, but on TV or what have you, if the Democrats truly believe in their democratic plantation and their massa Jim Crow Biden and their policies for the people, then why they go after Trump so hard? Why, why, why? My issue is when they're going after him so hard and people are, some people are rejoicing, those same laws that they're breaking to get Trump in prison will be used against the public. That's my problem. And um, the people aren't standing up for it. And um, the more they push back, um, the more people will be going after and identifying um, with Trump. I mean, it's like a real story. If you watch these Rocky movies, Man Against the System, um, the basic storyline is um, a hero fighting an obstacle to reach a goal. And the more they garbage that they throw out to Trump, the more people will start to back him. This thing is, this thing is going to backfire. And um, this thing, what, what Kalinsky is doing, they are the biggest hypocrites. They are the ones that are carrying on with um, all these nonsense about, let's break this law, let's do this, let's twist this, let's twist that, Trump this, Trump that, Russia this, Russia that. They are the biggest hypocrites. And the people, regardless whether it's, if you violate the people's choice of who they want in, uh, in public, you're going to have a problem. The people have to speak. When Bush you know, stole, well, well, steal the election, that's a whole different thing. But when he tore up um, foreign countries to steal oil from Iraq, and then when it was election time, you had Hillary and then Obama. Obama never had no political experience. Hillary was a perfect pedigree. But yeah, the people didn't want her. Then you had Hillary and Trump, and they chose Trump. Obama and Trump have two commonalities. They're non-politicians. The people are begging for change, but yet they get... They, 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 uh, you know, they're disappointed. And given Hillary's pedigree, when she was running against Bernie, Bernie is a socialist, Jew, old. Um, his ideas were perceived as non-American, but people sucked onto him until Hillary screwed him over. But anyway, we saw what Bernie turned out to be. But then... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's a problem. And I think that people are just begging for change and they will suck on to someone um, like, uh, you know, like for Trump. They just want somebody different. And if they cheat the election again this time, there is going to be a problem. There is going to be a problem. We need choices. And if you take away the choices from the people, you're going to have problems. That's why we need the third parties to challenge the established quo, the status quo. That's what I have to say. Well, thank you so much for that, Peter. Thank you so much. I'm bringing in T. Jasmine. T. Jasmine, I haven't seen you uh, in a while. Please go ahead and unmute. I want to hear what you have to say. Oh, thank you for bringing me in. <laughs> um, I haven't been on calling for a few months, so yeah. That's why no one saw, has seen me around. But can you hear me? I can yes. hear you. Go for it. Good. Um, so, you know, with listen, I've been, always been from the very beginning. I've been a Jimmy Dore fan. I just want everybody to understand that this is not me. One of um, those Anna Anna, um, what's her name from TYT, Casparian or Jenk or um, any of those anti-Jimidor people who are coming out against Jimidor. 
I've been riding with Jimmy Dore from the very beginning because his his politics mirrors mine. Except know that listen, I'm a black woman in a black skin. I might not be a black American, but I'm a black woman in a black skin. And when I um, see yeah. and hear certain things, it bothers me. And I hear, I notice the contempt that I see from liberals, including Jimmy Dore, sometimes for black people. I hear it and I see it. Other, others might not pick up on it, but I pick up on it because I, it, just, it just rubs me the wrong way sometimes. Why is he always, why is he always picking on, on, on Cornell West? Why is he always picking on Cornell West? I'm, and I'm not saying. Wait, wait, wait. One, one, one question, quick question. What do you mean always? I only saw that one time and I, I discussed no, no, that. No. Last, last Wednesday when Pasta was running the show, Jimmy was sitting in and all of a sudden Jimmy started ranting um, against, because um, West was on um, Breakfast Club. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, um, they 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 played a clip, like Pasta played a clip of um, of um, and and nothing he said was wrong. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Cornell West said was wrong, and all of a sudden they find something to criticize him about, and 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 oh fucking this and fucking and all of that about um um how he's an idiot, like, as if the man, like they're denigrating the man. As if he's an, a dumb, a dumb, dumb, and I don't like it. It pisses me off. Like Is you don't have to be Cornell West going on to Jimmy Dore show this week. I don't know. I think so, but I don't care. I, I'm just telling you what I saw in the live, and it pissed me off. So of course I had to to, to do a tweet about it. You know, I had to say what the why are you? But when when because I I was the one who was watching um, when um, RFK was in studio with him. And all he was doing was grinning like a Cheshire cat or whatever. You know, he was just grinning from ear to ear, not not even pushing back on any of the bullshit coming out of our... Now, mind you, I support RFK when it comes to the COVID stuff and the censorship stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm fully on board with him on those kinds of things. But he's not altogether there, especially when it comes to certain... Things that are good, like I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I suspect that he's a little under underground racist when it comes to the the Palestinian and the and the and the the, the Israelis. Because why is he just out and out supporting the Israelis in their bullshit over the Palestinians? Why is he just supporting it? Money. I have a I have a, a funny feeling. You know, low level racist. And then somebody, he made a tweet and somebody said that the tweet was sort of like a signal or something for it. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't care about what RFK is doing. I'm just saying, I don't like it when you're just jumping on somebody for no reason, no reason whatsoever. And all of a sudden, it's like he, somebody, people call him, called him out on his bullshit. Um, RFK interview and all of a sudden he has all this smoke for for, for um Cornell West for no damn reason. Okay, that's sorry. Then then there then there's this Dr. Shiva that was on your um podcast the other day. I really appreciate him because I see what he's saying when he's saying that a lot of people are psyops. 
they're 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 meant to be there. They they're placed in the public as if they're um, anti-establishment, and they get everybody in like AOC did, and all of a sudden they turn and they go back. It's, they they back the the establishment candidates and and all of this kind of thing. And uh, I'm getting what he's saying. It looks like it's it's ringing true to me. It's ringing true to me, um, but I'm not sure how people are gonna be able to, like, you know, figure it out, like, figure out who is establishment and who is the psyop, like Bernie Sanders, or I'm not sure how people are gonna just see it for what it is, because people are not consistent. People are so inconsistent with their behavior. You, you, you hear at first, you think they have principles, like you'd hear. Um, um, ball at first and you think she has principles, although to be honest I never thought she had principles because I remember when she was one of the first people when she was still on Rising, she was one of the first pe people who were against affirmative action and she never spoke about the legacy students, she was saying it doesn't work because of the Asians that are not being allowed in and so on and so forth and she's not going to, she, she never said a thing about legacy being the cause for the Asian Asian students not being allowed in. And there shouldn't even be a situation where you have to allow or disallow people in based on their race. There's something wrong with that situation. But she never mentioned that there was something wrong with the legacy people who were just being, you know, allowed in and, 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 and other people had to jump through, through hoops or anything like that. So I, I knew something wasn't right with her when. Because if you should at least give them some kind of um, wheel to go walk up, move around in. If you spend the entire time cutting people's legs off, you don't criticize them that they're unable to run. You provide them with something to help them. And affirmative action is that thing that provided the people who were who had their legs cut off to be able to move around like like other two two-foot people so you know when I hear people cut saying oh it's um like you know thing um and it's it's, it's 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 a new form of racism no it's not it's not it's it's not Asians you know I'm an also an immigrant Asians were not the people who built this country no offense to them it was the black people who were here from slavery so when you come in you find your way in and you figure out how to to get things to get yourself in but the people who were constantly abused they deserve some help and it's nothing to do with you they have to get the help because they were being oppressed you know so you know i don't know it's just my rant sorry <laughs> i just had to say it you were talking about yesterday's show that's that's when jimmy was criticizing um well, a little bit more than criticizing um, uh, West, right? Yes. Yesterday? Yes. Right. It, it, was, it wasn't like, it wasn't to the same degree as it was before, but it was, I guess they call it microaggression or whatever the case is. That's the new word. Probably the wrong way. I, I was in this chat, but, you know, I am not one of those people who put money in, but I was in this chat page 
going off on him because it rubbed me the wrong way. All out of the blue. Why are you just attacking the man for no damn reason? Why? Like he was going off on the man as if the man is a clown, as if he's an imbecile. Like, but let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask Roger. Roger, what was the context? What was this about? I'm trying to remember. It was based on that um that interview with um Charlemagne the God thing that Cardinal the Breakfast West. Club conversation? Yes. I, that was, was a that? really good conversation. That's what I thought. And 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 the clip that they that Pastor was showing was actually a good clip because he was responding, Oh, you see, he doesn't have a grasp on the situation. Yes, he does. He has a grasp on the situation. You're not smarter than him. I think I think what she's trying to say is it seems that he's nitpicking and he's reaching. And I heard um, Jimmy, he went on uh, Misty's show, and that was great. Um, I really loved their conversation. Um, it was on TNT radio. And I heard him say that, you know, because she asked him, you know, about the about Dr. West. And he said something like, well, you know, people thought I was being angry with him, but I was coaching him to just be better at interviewing and stuff. I was coaching him to be better. And... You know, I'm I I get what he was no, trying to say. That's abusive. But like, it, I no, I would just I just I would just ask him to interrogate a little bit. Like, why go the distance with and like go all in with someone like RFK, who will be who will be done by February? Like, he's running as a Democrat, a traditional Democrat. Um, so I you know because I really love Jimmy. Like, I don't want anyone to clip this and say that like. I'm dunking on him because, but I'm just, if you look at the reality, you know, like I'm quoting Crystal, like the reality is like, you know, we, we have one third party candidate who's really, really legitimate. So why dunk on him or make it a competition between RFK and him or even Marianne and him, you know, he's clearly the one, I don't know. Neolib, I'll go even further. Why make politicians the priority you see what i'm saying i mean he lives in california you feel what i'm saying all this stuff that he said he wants to have happen shoot he got more money than all of us here put together he could put it toward a ballot initiative i know everyone says oh you need money well he got money you feel what i'm saying like look if you if you really want this stuff okay then you could you could do it yourself you feel what i'm saying i mean i don't know if you saw the um what do you call it? Uh, uh, I had asked what's uh, Cynthia Brown. Um, she's pushing a ballot initiative in Ohio to uh, end qualified immunity as an amendment, not just the law as an amendment. And I had um, she was getting interviewed by Larry uh, Sharp yesterday, and I put in the question. I was like, "Hey, listen, has Nina reached out to you?" She said, "Well, she didn't reach out to us, but we didn't reach out to her either." Maybe we should reach out to each other, whatever the case is. But my point is, a lot of times people's egos get in the way and they make it more about themselves than they make it about the policy. You see what I'm saying? Like, if you know that in your own state that a ballot initiative, maybe she may not know yet, but, but if a ballot initiative is being pushed to amend the Ohio Constitution to end qualified immunity, Whatever political career you might have, whatever the case is, I think personally, if you're really about it, you should put it aside and say, let me help you get this thing done. 
So I understood what um, Shiva was talking about when he said, I forgot what he had said, but he said something to the same degree that I was talking about in terms of stop putting so much emphasis on um, who you see on your electronic screen, display screen, and put it toward what we can get done because he was talking about he does you know on the ground work and you know like he's not he doesn't pay that much attention put so he's much great emphasis speaker. On he's a great the, speaker say, say it again what, what's that oh i was saying he's a great speaker i think the problem for me with dr shiva was that and it's the same problem with rfk uh, like i think he made it a lot about himself like yeah, you know no, like yeah. i'm the one i'm the hero i was right i made email like I I I, whereas Doctor West is a very different approach. Where it's like it can, it's you. Like it I I love people, you. It can turn people off. Let me let me ask. You, I don't see where's the reparations conversation because I don't see that video. Oh, the what? Oh, you you talking about with um, the, what do you call it? With uh, Maj Parai? I, I can't. Yeah, I don't see that video at all. Um. Sometimes they don't put the video out that they, who knows, because that guy was saying some controversial things, um, might be off-putting for, because Jimmy Dore has a lot of right-wing listeners, so who knows if they're going to put that video up, but that guy was... I got the video. Oh, really? It's a good video. I put my phone to the laptop, and I recorded it. (laughs) It's a good. It's a, it's. You know, you could do screen screen capture, right? You could you could have one of those screen recorder videos. So when it's showing, when it's running, yeah, you no, could. No. I, yeah, no. Uh, but pop, I, I just, yeah, yeah. I just I just did what was. I just did what was uh, available to me at the time. I said, "Oh, I like what this guy's saying." You know what I mean? I put it in the chat. Okay, because I was going to say I I don't see it. And I did notice the numbers dropped significantly when the reparations conversation started. Oh, you were watching. You were watching. I was watching. I was watching part of part of it. And then I tuned out. But I noticed the reparations. Once the reparations conversation started, I noticed the numbers dropped significantly. Yeah, he has a very right-wing audience. Um, you see, that's the thing about the, you know, there was a guy in the chat who was um, saying that um, Jimmy Dore was right about Kyle Rittenhouse. Let me get, let me re- reiterate what I'm saying. I have been a Jimmy Dore support. Like I rode with Jimmy Dore from the beginning, from the beginning, like from when he was at TYT, the very beginning when he was doing those angry calls with that Asian guy. And he was sometimes on TYT, but sometimes I couldn't see because it's behind a paywall. And sometimes, uh, and I was like with them when, um, even when, what's the other guy's name, that Jewish guy who has his own show, um, when, when he, when he was there as well, I was just, I'm sorry. Elwood, aggressive progressives. No, she's talking about status quo. Status school, oh. yeah. Oh my God, yeah, you know so much, Noel. Yeah, I was with, you know, I was there from like years ago, like two, was it 2015, 2016, or something like that. Yeah, I was, I was there from the beginning. I was always a Jimmy Dore supporter. When I see Jimmy Dore just going off on like that Kyle Rittenhouse thing was what just gave me a different perspective on him. Any leftist, a, a true leftist, 
let's be honest. And even he said it in the beginning until he got swayed by the, the right wingers that he, um, um, listens to him. A true leftist would recognize that you don't go grab a gun to defend um, um, property. Like that's property. Property over, that's capital over people. And, and the people are, are marching for their lives. They're being killed. Black people are being killed in the streets. One guy had a police kneel on his, on his neck for minutes and minutes and minutes until he was dead. And that was in, in the view of the entire public. Everybody had a phone camera out and he didn't care. So this, they have qualified immunity. They have all these things and they're allowed to just kill people with impunity and kill black people. With him, black men with impunity. So people were outside marching, and then you, some what I don't I don't care if you're Mexican. You grab a gun, loaded gun, and walk over. And you know the the big dispute is oh it's, it, it, the argument was that he crossed state lines. Oh the argument was that he killed black people. Nobody said anything about state lines or black people, or at least I didn't. You don't see people marching for their rights and then you grab a loaded gun to go there um, ostensibly to go protect property. Who the fuck is, like, why are you going there to protect property? You're going there to look at fight. You're going there to shoot somebody. And, and he ended up killing, and, and everybody's like, oh, there were rapists and there were this, and it doesn't matter. They're human beings and they were there protesting on behalf of black people's lives. That was what they were there for. And they saw somebody with a gun in the crowd. And uh, you're telling me that, oh, you're, you're, you're fighting for your life. You know, this country is so fucked up. It's not, it's not just, it's, it wasn't justice that you, you're going to give somebody, like he's, he's fighting for his life, so he has the right to shoot people. He has an intention in the beginning. He took a gun to a march, um, um, a loaded gun to a march. That is the intention. He went there for a fight. He shouldn't have gotten um, any way. He should. There's no way he should have not been imprisoned. But here, no here's the piece that a lot of people miss yeah, about the analysis. Noel, give me a second, Noel. Um, and then on top of that, you know, um, Jimmy Dore pretended that that was the argument. That oh, you know, it's all these reporters and these TV people talking about um, he, he went there crossing state lines and to shoot. Like, that's not a justification. Who said that's a justification? You're a fucking leftist. You should know that it's not right for somebody to take a loaded gun to a march where people are marching for their fucking lives. And that's what pissed me off uh, the whole thing. I don't care about any, uh, any other um, um, side issues, peripheral issues about um, media and you're, you're just going against the media and you're, and, and, and oh, this whole thing about he, you didn't know that it was white guys that he shot. So, so just because it's white guys that it's okay, it's okay to kill white guys now. Excuse me. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. So that pissed me off about him. He should have stuck to his leftist principles. You shouldn't have let that Orfella, just because Orfella, Orfalo or whatever his name is, give him all those videos. You shouldn't have let that guy sway him because that guy's a racist. I don't care. He's a racist. Okay, I'm done. Mm. Okay. Um, all right, Jasmine. Let me bring in um Frank. All right, Frank, what's up? Just gotta unmute. Hi, Sabby. Blue. Hello. Hey, <laughs> 
<laughs> Roger's got my my new Twitter file. <laughs> my, my, Twitter files is definitely still alive. Uh, I had my account, uh, the corruption control account, uh, deep sixed by uh, a Diana DeGette staffer because I, I said a, um, that a, a QAnon who was bashing, uh, saying all homeless were, were addicts um, and using uh, uh, the free beacon as a, as a citation for that. So uh, I, I just said, you can stop being stupid. We know. <laughs> so I, I, they, they, uh, uh, I got reported and they uh, banned me, um, sil a silent ban. It's still not completely banned, but... Uh, I've appealed. They won't respond to the appeals, and that's when I know they're it, it's coming from a Dem, Dem, Democratic Party operative. And it was on Diana Deget, Representative Diana Deget's uh, um, site uh, on her page. So it was a staffer. <laughs> so I've got my ninth account on Twitter now. <laughs> Jeez, Twitter files are definitely back. And I, I was going to start up my uh, um, my YouTube uh, have a show on Tuesday where um, my my attorney friend who's also a city councilor for the city of Lakewood uh, we we were going to have a show after a um, a, a really terrible uh, uh, liquor license which is being used to gentrify and you know a neighborhood uh, uh, will gentrify what's Colfax is Colorado or Denver's main main street that goes east west and Lakewood is the the western suburb of next to Denver and um they're trying to push a black woman out of out of business so that the the, the white people that are gentrifying the neighborhood can feel more comfortable <laughs> and um she the she's a grandmother and um they're saying all the, they they use the emergency suspension for of her license by say, saying that uh, she she was uh, um, serving minors yet they had no proof and uh, uh, also um, attracting violence. I don't think grandmothers generally do that, <laughs> and she wasn't attracting violence. So they were using violent you know shootings from blocks away saying oh it came from here like no it didn't there was just a it was just a smear show and um so uh there were there were also um there they, had, they also had one other thing like i'm forgetting uh but it was all just a a, a terrible show so i i we are going to do something on this. We're also we also plan on suing for on her behalf of uh, for for the city abusing their authority and not giving due process. And the NAACP local local chapter is uh, backing us on that. So it's 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 basically the anatomy of a gentrification um, in how how they how they push uh, black businesses out to a uh, um, you know to to gentrify a neighborhood. Mm. Very well said. Um, I mean, gentrification is a huge problem that we've been talking about yeah. oftentimes on the show. Yeah. It, and it's, they have not let off the pedal at, at all on it. And they're keeping, they're continuing to do it. 
and no matter, you know, everybody sees the, the detriments to it and what they're doing. And they, they, they you know, the displacement, um, you know, keep jacking up prices. So just, they're just making money hand over fist or doing it. And, and it's all fake. There's no basis for the, for the, the new prices. And, um, and it, and it's just, it, it, it's awful. I even, uh, you know, John Hickenlooper, when he was mayor, even had uh, all of his staff read a book on how to gentrify. And a lot of the um, uh, big Dem, Dem donors in Denver uh, uh, actually started putting up art galleries and uh, architecture um, studios into a black neighborhood called, black neighborhood called Five Points to, to crack that and because uh, artists and um, will actually come to it, will we'll have no problem with, you know, white artists will have no problems living in a black neighborhood. Um, so right. it brings in some white people and then, right. then other then the wealthier white people um, see, feel a little more comfortable. And so that they come in with their bigger money and push everybody out by doing that. And that's what they did in uh, you know, the five points neighborhood in, here in Denver. And there's, they're continuing to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not surprising. I want to go ahead and bring in David. David, if you can go ahead and unmute and see if you can try to speak this time around. David, if you want to go ahead and unmute or. Okay, maybe not. Um, sorry about that. Oh, maybe David might be stuck in a glitch. Oh. Anyone else want to chime in? That's a the speaker. Go ahead, Noel. Issue that Jasmine um, raised about Kyle Rittenhouse and how that analysis of that situation um, went um, was diametrical um, between some go between some black people and some white people. White people saw that as Kyle Rittenhouse had the right to defend himself and the guy pointed the gun at him and he shot this and that and blah, blah, blah. But what black people realize is that this was a 17-year-old white kid from another jurisdiction. You pick up a gun, an AR-15 or whatever, and you're going to this march where you have been understood or been made aware that there may be violence. And you're going to defend property that is not property you even own. That speaks to that vigilante spirit that we as descendants of slaves have experienced in this country from the beginning. A white man, including a white child, can feel aggrieved, can feel like he's going to defend the community. And we have had this a history of justifying that and making it seem right. So I'm saying, okay, you can go to court and you can argue with self-defense, but do you see the vigilantism and the white privilege that makes a 17-year-old child feel that they have a right to leave their county or their city armed to go defend property that's not even theirs? That's the piece that was missing in the analysis of Kyle Rittenhouse. And it's so important that people see that 
again, because everything in this country can be broken down along those racial lines and what entitlement looks like and this and that. But I also wanted to remind people like poet Audre Lorde said in terms of as we speak to these elected officials and this, that and people who are in the mainstream, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. And so as we look to these things, that's why um, Dr. Shiva's approach appealed to me so much because he is ex absolutely right. Until this thing flips from the bottom, if you start moving it through the levels and chains, that is where you introduce systemic control. And this system is designed to do what it does. So that was just a quick. Very good point, Noel. Anything else, Frank, or else I'm going to bring in uh, Warren? Yeah, I, um, would, you, would you want me to send you an, an email of, of uh, detailing what's going on with that, uh, that Jumbo's Bar and Grill um, that I, I just talked about? Maybe even uh, you could bring, bring the bar owner and, and uh, my attorney friend and, and myself even and you know, do a show on it and what they're doing. Yeah, go ahead and email me. It may take a minute because I, I have 700 emails that I have to go through. Okay. So go ahead and, and email me. All right. All right. Thank you very much and hope hope to see you on the next app. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Let's bring yeah. in uh, Warren. Warren, what's up? You just got to hit unmute. Hi, Savvy. Hey, how are you? I'm doing very good. I uh, wanted to agree with Neil Liberal Tears. You've been on fire this week. It's been a pleasure to watch and listen. Um, I, I guess uh, one thing you talked about on your show today was um, when you were covering Tucker's uh, interview and sort of talking about the CIA's role you know, who are the, who is making decisions for Feinstein <laughs> and Biden and the like. And it made me think a little bit of, you know, weeks ago when the whole alien congressional hearing UFO thing was happening. And I thought it was really interesting. And a lot of the comments I was reading, whether it was the New York times or just the co coverage of, you know, that whole thing of um, a lot of people commenting, like, I don't, you know, care about UFOs, aliens, this and that. We've got these issues on the ground, social issues uh, that I'm 100%, you know, engaged in. But what I thought was fascinating about that from the, uh, and as it relates to Tucker and is like the UFOs and aliens aside, uh, you know, that's a whole separate conversation. But what was interesting to me about it is that, you know, if true, and in the same way, we're talking about these other sort of deep state type of, you know, situations of, of who is making the calls. You know, it ultimately puts forth this question of like, well, who is running things? And, and if this is true and all these other things, you know, we're not just, you know, forget the science fiction part of it, like it would be one of the most massive constitutional crises we could possibly have of, you know, why are we even arguing about 
Biden or Trump or, you know, because none of that matters if we're talking about that level of um, secrecy. <laughs> and I guess I just kind of wanted to get, you know, I, I on the one hand, I could obviously feel with everybody like this is irrelevant subjects. But as it comes to these sort of subjects, then it just sort of forces such a large question about, you know, our democracy and other things that, um, you know, makes me spin my wheels of, you know, what what are we? What is the point of, you know, how much do we want to invest in some of these things if that's really the level of, um, you know, back, you know, whatever, whoever is pulling the strings in any of these situations, you know, as it relates to the CIA or, you know, assassinations or, or you know, these politicians that are so old, they're just freezing up on camera and, and you know, uh, apparently uh, running things. Right. right. No, these are all good points. I mean, what is happening here? If And obviously we are not in a position of power, right? So like we don't really, there's only so much that, that we can do, but yeah. we do have to ask, like we have to think about this for a second, like who's in control? That's right. And, and why are they in control? Exactly. And, and you know, while I thought it was interesting how, like, AOC's commentary on that was, you know, really staying away from it. And she's, you know, t taking her sort of interest in the corporate aspect of it, of like private aerospace companies being involved in things like that. And, you know, I think that's those are legitimate questions because you're like, well, if that's literal, you know, if that's the level we're talking about that are above our elected leaders and things like that, like, you know, there's a major problem on our hands before we're even, you know, talking about presidents and this and that, you know, of, of, of what are we really participating in? And I guess, um, you know, that really sort of fascinated me in the, you know, as it related to your comments on Tucker. And then, you know, the other thing I just sort of wanted to comment on tonight was how, you know, watching Bernie and, you know, I don't know if how many uh, of your listeners, you know, read that article in the New York Times about AOC not willing to call herself a insider <laughs> yet. Um, but, you know, I just listening to Bernie, which you covered so well uh, the other day, and just, you know, it's almost beyond, you know, you said make it make sense. And I, and that really, uh, struck me because it's just, it's so beyond, it's almost beyond disappointing that, you know, I, you just have to ask yourself like who got to these people, you know, and I guess I'm going back to my deep state comments, but like, you know, I, I always try to put myself in these shoes of like, if I were, you know, somebody that, you know, championed these things like Bernie did for so long and, and, you know, I believe he did mean them, you know, maybe earlier in his political career, but how, how does somebody get to these points now without, you know, having deep, you know, <laughs> death threats or something, because it's just so far fetched uh, and mind boggling. It's hard to wrap your head around and, and, you know, move forward, I guess. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I mean, I know at one point, I don't know if everyone remembers this, but at one point when Bernie was running for president, do you guys remember they came after Bernie's wife? Do you guys remember that? The financial? Oh, yeah. The, uh, the financial stuff. Yeah. And they took yeah. him into a room and he came out with bruises and bandages. 
Yeah, they they went after Bernie's wife. I remember that. And so it's like, you know, like that's why I had to play. That's why sometimes I have to play those old videos so people can remember the things that Bernie did say, what he used to say before versus like what he says now. Yeah. That's why I have to play those things sometimes because I'm just like, look, I have to show people that these people really did change. Their rhetoric really did change. Like, this is a problem. And for my thing is, for me, it's like, I don't care if you're friends with these people. If you're a real friend, you check your friend. That's right. Yeah, and it it made me think a lot. There's, uh, I think there was a Netflix documentary that had something about, you know, greed or one of these uh feature length documentaries they have, but it had that interesting study about uh, where they were studying human psychology and, and playing monopoly against each other. I don't, I don't know if you ever caught this, but how, you know, they would give one player uh, uh, an advantage. Like they got go $200 when they cross go and uh, the other player didn't like built in, advantages just like we see in society whether it's your family or your race or gender that you know puts you in that position um and what was fascinating about it was that you know it really showed that no matter the same player in the opposite position demonstrated the same sort of short-sightedness of their advantage you know thinking that they had actually earned it or for some reason you know um felt like this was due to their success or, or their, you know, great gameplay when they had these built in advantages. And it made me really think of just like how quickly, uh, especially in the case of AOC, you know, you really do forget where you came from. If, if she's not a total ruse altogether, you know, it's just, I don't know, that aspect of it is really fascinating because I asked myself, like, say I was in that position you know, could I do better than those two if, you know, we're li- listening to these two now, you know, turn their Trump derangement syndrome, you know, back on us? Um, oh. oh, sorry. I didn't realize I was muted. <laughs> sorry, I was talking to nobody. Um, anyway, um, once you're in, you're in. Once you're in there, you're in there. And that's it. That's the thing. This is the thing. I need to bring um I need to bring Cynthia McKinney back on because Cynthia McKinney, she talked about this so perfectly. So perfectly. And she explained what it was like for her as a congresswoman. And this is before the burning, way before the burning movement. And she talked about what it was like for her as a congresswoman to challenge Democrat leadership. And they got rid of her and they got rid of Dennis Kucinich. Hmm. Yep. It doesn't take much. (laughs) Go ahead, Roger. So somebody probably, um, they're probably on here right now, but someone earlier on, on, uh, Harlan's media had commented that the green party should go to, uh, Hawaii. Right. And, and, since since they're pissed off with Joe Biden and get people there. And I think if anything, they sh- if they're going to go to Hawaii, they should 
do mutual aid. Yes. And not, and not do. Hey, we know you're pissed off at the. We know you just lost your house and you're all traumatized and suffered PSD, T, and all that different type of stuff. Vote for green, because you know what I mean. It's that's that's what I mean. Putting the party above the needs of the people, and I think um, I would like to talk to those two guys that you had on your show for the green party. Oh, I'll hook you up with Justin. Justin, like, um, Justin is someone that I talk to quite often. Actually, I I went to we went to visit him when we went to Maine uh, recently. But yeah, I'll definitely put you in touch with uh, Justin and. uh, Cool. So that's something that I think would be like a good idea. You know what I mean? To be like, yo, you know what? Do mutual aid stuff. If if anything, that's how you build up your, if you want to build up your party, what better way to build up your party than to help people out when you don't need their votes? Just ahead, turn left on wire cord. You know what I mean? I think that's something that they should, the Green Party should pursue. That's right. That's a good point. I'm going to be wrapping up in like 30 minutes. So I just want to make sure I get through everyone else. Absolutely. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Warren. Okay. Want to go ahead and bring in Derek. Derek, what's up? And then I'll go to you, Lance. Derek just got to unmute. Okay, Derek may be gone. Go ahead, Lance. What Roger was saying. Hello. <clears throat> Hi, how you doing all, by the way? And I'll be brief, you know. We all say hello. Um, yeah, what Roger was saying. So whether it's the Taliban, whether it's the Black Panthers, whether it's Christian missionaries, whether it's Tammany Hall, the good, the bad, and the ugly. How do you do it? You, you do mutual aid. You give people free stuff. And guess what? The Black Panther said, yeah, we're going to show people what we're about and we truly want to share with everyone. And then we want to talk about some socialism. It wasn't just like, oh, no, no, we're not going to politicize. Yeah. And that's how you do it. You know, you get to people's hearts through their stomachs, not through their brains. Right. And uh, it's not like just only good people can do it, but that's, it's, it's just a thing, you know, show the people that you're really going to help them. Then ask for the vote. Like Roger was saying, instead of, Hey, you vote for me. And then down the road in a year from now, when I'm, I'm going to really fight for you, fight for me now and show me that you earn my vote with your, with your fight now, instead of later. I totally. Awesome. Sounds great. Derek. Um... Well, could I, could I just make just one, I mean, this is just 10 seconds. I just want to ask the question to folks and then see if you guys want to talk about it. Cause it's off topic. I just hope that whoever is happy with what happened with, I think somebody got 33 years and somebody 15, 17, 18 years, the January 6th uh, seditious conspiracists, just get ready. Cause the cop city domestic terrorists are going to get even longer sentences. So if you're happy with what's going on with the January 6th folks, be ready. It's going to be worse for the cop city folks. You can't just say, but they're the first ones are bad guys. The second ones are good guys. They're all going to go to jail for a long, long, long time. If we don't try my fight. Awesome. Thank you so much. Zach, what's up? Just got to unmute. Hey, Savvy. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm all right. I, I uh, you're gonna think me sour, but uh, I'm I'm a little a little disappointed that this is your last show. I I believe that I don't do social media. I found this and it was weird. It it, it the puzzle pieces don't fit right. Colin is a very weird platform, but I think this is where a lot of really good conversations were happening. Do you know if um 
you're going to be doing similar uh, type stuff where I like Colin because um, we can we can talk to each other one on one. Um, commenting on YouTube and other platforms always felt a little lackluster to me. Um, I, I would love to migrate over there, but if it's just going to be another YouTube, I, I don't know if I could do that. No, uh, Locals isn't like that, I don't think. In fact, um, I'll be moving over to, because that's, this whole app eventually is going to go away. Yeah, um, unfortunately. I hate it, because I really like Colin, and, you know, when they bought it, I, I should have known, because that's what the capitalist motherfuckers do. But, uh, yeah, go on, Savvy. I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, negative. <laughs> I know, I know, man. I hate it too. Like we got to over a hundred episodes. I really liked it, you know. Um, but that is, you know, they they decided to pass this app over to Rumble, and then Rumble just kind of left things in limbo. And I'm just like, um, okay, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I could do things over there. In fact, I think that um, a couple people already done these things. I'm going to reach out to Kim and ask him um, how hers goes. Because I do enjoy, like, talking to you guys. And, like, yeah, that made me feel some kind of way. I felt a little hurt. I did. Yeah. When, I, when I found that out, I was like, damn it. It, it, it just, I, I, I don't want to um, harp on this, but, you know, I... The maturation of the, you know, I've talked to leftists and communists and right wingers, and it, it's really good talk. I, I, I hope another platform like this comes down the line. Um, but, but I have loved your content, so I just wanted to say that since this is probably the last time, um, at least on this platform, we'll, we'll uh, come across each other. Um, uh, neoliberal. Before I go. Um, I miss your and Jonathan's show too. <laughs> um, it, I, I was going to ask, um, if you do any, um, other social media I can catch up with you on, I would, I would love it. If not, maybe an email or something. Oh my um, God. Guys, yeah. look at me. I'm a main character tonight. Um, thank you so much. I don't have anything. We stopped doing the show months ago because Colin I know. is dead. Me a liberal. Um, <laughs> I've been angry about just, everybody. You know, so I'm sad too, but you know, Colin yeah. was such a great... A, a, a way people would like to say that we're all just like the online left but as you can see we all just we're regular people having yeah. regular fucking lives um and it really gets to it really got to flesh us out you know so it's it's not nothing lasts forever and it's about the friends we made along the way um but i am on twitter um you know right. just like just with savvy and roger um and all of us maybe we'll catch people. us spaces together i'll i'll <laughs> i'll come in and crowd in spaces and be like hey colin peeps come back <sighs> yeah yeah i'll be because um roger and roger's up here in the speaking queue roger actually sent me another app too that is a call-in because what i could do is i could do i could use that app that um roger sent me as well which is also call in and still have it connected to YouTube. And that way people still see on the YouTube or whatever. But Roger sent me another thing. 
you know, right on. all the way. Cause like for the longest time, like Tim Black was the only person I knew in left media that had like that call in show for the longest time where people would call in to his show on YouTube. Um, now that being said for me, once I get into call in mode, I usually turn the camera off because I'm just like straight up like chilling. So like, well, yeah, and you've used it. this um, this platform as kind of a a backstage like let's just shoot the shit, which which has been really cool. Um, yeah, and that's probably what I would do on YouTube too. I'd probably turn off the camera, and be like, look, some of the clothing items have come off, and I'm just relaxed now. <laughs> and I want to be on in you like on YouTube like in like jammy stuff or anything like that <laughs> so like but i could still like like do that I'll, I'll look into that roger um this weekend that link that you sent me as well and i'll also look into the locals thing because so far from what i see on locals it looks like it's mainly videos but i know they were trying to get people to call in and like that kind of thing but i'll have to check i'm gonna have to ask him about that because i know kim's on locals i'm not asking you to but do you know because like it's so inappropriate to ask someone with a connection to use that connection. But do you know if Jimmy's pretty popular and he like, do you know if he knows the, the upper people in rumble who own Colin? Um, so the person who, I don't know about if Jimmy knows, but the person who owns Colin was um, David Sachs and mm. he is now on the board of rumble. So it's the same people. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to save our little app, but um, Sabby, I, I appreciate you, Noel. Um, I I wish you would start a show, Roger. I wish you would start a show. Um, I'll follow you guys wherever you are. I really appreciate um all your content. You know, when we're able to discuss ideas, I I think that makes us better as people. We we get to see where people are at, and and I really appreciate that. Um, I that's all I had to say. Thanks, Sabby, for letting me. Uh, talk my butt off. Have a good night. Thank you. All right. I think we have a newbie, um, Tony Yara. What's up? Oh, it's uh, this is actually Brady. I just had to make a proxy to get past some blocking. <laughs> so, Tanya Harding Energy is is my proxy name, and just want to say thanks for doing the call in thing. And um, wondering what is going to happen to the Dr. Cornell West uh, call-in opportunity, or is there going to be another way we can call in? And do you think maybe you yeah. could set up? It, maybe I, I was just thinking you can make a proxy call-in, um, and you could yeah, just go to YouTube and then maybe like open up like a Zoom room or something like that, and then like take calls on maybe like on YouTube and you could just play like some videos in the background or have like some cool images on the screen while we talk, you know, or like an article pulled up, something like that and kind of make a proxy but, version of call in on YouTube. But Brady, how will people call into zoom? I'm confused. Oh, well, you know, it could be like, you could even make an Instagram account that people could call into potentially or like make a list of people that you call on um, through either Facebook, you know, there's like Facebook messenger. There's so many different apps you could use to like make a call. Um, and so if you had like uh, another device, like a tablet or another phone or something like that, old phone, um, you could take calls on that secondary device 
kind of kind of like what we do here on Colin. You can potentially I'm even on, have. I'm on Streamyard though. I use Streamyard. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I would do that through Streamyard. That might work. That might work. But um, is there going to be any opportunity for us to ask Doctor West a question? Hmm. Yes, absolutely. Like that's still on. I think we'll just have to use a different app. Because here's the thing, even though this app is still working, I haven't been able to upload, like, it lets me upload some things and not upload other things. And the app is starting to fall apart bit by bit every week. So like, I've noticed that like, like right now, I noticed I can't send like any emojis, the emoji item is gone, right? Then I noticed some episodes I can upload, sometimes I can't like, so the app is, is falling apart. But um another thing that we could do no i don't want to do it that way no we could like we could do twitter a twitter space where actually that's really easy twitter space where people but everybody's not on twitter that's the only thing but we could do a twitter space where i host the twitter space and people come on and ask questions the only thing about the twitter space is you can only make so many people a speaker and that's what pisses me off about that. So people can't really call in, but you can raise your hand, like a hand emoji. I could do that and connect it to YouTube. Eric, we should talk about this, um, you know, whenever you get a chance. And I'm sorry if I'm stuffy, you guys. Like, I really do have a cold. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I had customers in the car. So um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, yeah, that link I sent. It wasn't just one app. It was like 10 of them. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see it? The link that I sent you? Oh, can you I hear know me? y'all okay. will find a way to make it Okay. I, I, I trust. Okay. I trust y'all will find a way. Where there is a will, there is a way. And uh, I just got to say before. Hold on, Brady, Brady. Let me, let me just, Sabrina, did, did you, do you see it? It's, it's like 10 different apps. I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no problem. Okay. I just go. Anything else, Brady? Yeah, I just wanted to say that interview you had with Doctor Shiva was like I didn't even know that guy existed until I saw that the other day. So thank you for that. Um, I thought it was awesome. Um, he's been saying he was saying things that I've been saying for decades, and then um, I came to learn more about him and learned that he's actually kind of like on the conservative side of the fence in some ways, or maybe that they, they tried to loop him in or rope him into the conservative uh, wing in some ways, or that crowd. But uh, maybe he's not a perfect person, but I thought that what he had to say the other day on your show was amazing. That was a fantastic show, and I would recommend having him on as often as possible. It's really good to see... Um, him hold I think he held he had the exact same criticism that I had of Jimmy Dore is that Jimmy Dore just doesn't go far enough you know he he says just enough to keep the audience excited but never really takes it to the progress a progressive place a progressive enough place as I would like to see it go and so I thought that was a really germane criticism that he had which is actually pretty rare when it comes to Jimmy Dore so that was cool. And um, uh, he mentioned uh, how women were doing a lot and doing so well in the movement. And uh, he had a lot of things to say. Uh, I actually went back and watched that episode twice. So 
that was a good one. And I was very impressed with that guy, whether or not I agree with him on everything. And uh, thank you for, you know, having controversial um, guests like that on your show. Keep that kind of stuff up. That's what keeps me coming back. You know, um, when I first started on Colin, I just kind of listened to you on Colin. And, and over the years, I've actually started uh, watching your show on YouTube more, stuff like that. So Colin's going away, but uh, RBN Network is not. So keep up the good work. I feel like we're much about that. Thanks so much about that, Brady. Go ahead, Roger. I feel like we're all graduating high school or something. Like, oh, it's been good. It's been four years, and everybody's all sad and whatnot. Like, no, we're going to go to community college after afterwards, guys. We we'll see each other, you know, in the next school year there. <laughs> good point, Roger. Okay, let me bring in Joey. We're going to wrap up here soon. Uh, what's up, Joey? And then I have Amanda Morgan and Marco, and then I have to head out. Booge. Um, I was thinking, you know, Zoom screen share that onto call or screen share that onto Streamyard with the audio, and you can have people call in via that way. Also, I think you can set up a camera through uh, RTMPS feed do live on zoom that would feed straight into Streamyard, and that might be a nicer setup besides that the reason why i'm calling in is one second you'll have to email that information to me i still don't know how people call into zoom do they just click on the link well yeah you could set up the link or you can have or when you set up the room there's also a phone number call in that you can call in directly Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I live in Zooms. I'm sorry. Okay, good idea. <laughs> um. Oh, so thank you very much, Miigwech, for covering the climate defense action in Massachusetts last week. I don't know if you know that that guy that said, uh, I, I don't care if you guys die, is the former Massachusetts chair of Make-A-Wish Foundation. What? Oh, Yeah. Climate Defiance made a post on Twitter about that just shortly afterwards, calling or naming names. There's a few other names that they named from that event. A week before that, they were uh, they went after uh, Kamala Harris. No, no, excuse me. Um, vice, yeah, Kamala Harris at an event that they uh, that she was at. And then the week afterwards, which was last week, they were in Wyoming, and oh man. If you go on Twitter and check out the videos from there, they got roughed up hardcore. Um, I'm part of the core team with Climate Defiance. I want to check and see if I can bring them on, if anyone from Climate Defiance is willing to come on and and talk about their actions. Uh, Hi, I'm on the core team of Climate Defiance. All right, Joey. Well, I have your email. (laughs) So, Um, June and I also have well we're going into an action here in a couple weeks in new york and I, I wanted to reach out to roger and say hey how do i get a hold of uh taxi services in new york <laughs> but uh uh i have an email composed for you savvy that details what we're doing in new york what's going on and uh if we can get on the show next week or early the following week next week would be great that would be okay great. sweet I won't be available until Thursday or Friday. That works for me. 
Perfect. We have uh, the Water is Life Festival in Ashland this weekend, and we're going straight into actions in Wisconsin on, I believe, Monday and Tuesday. So, yeah, it's going to be a crazy September for us over here. Where are you coming to New York? Um, well, if you haven't seen the flyers yet, there is the March to end fossil fuels at the UN Climate Summit that's happening on the 20th, if I remember right. And we'll be with all those organizations the week before and the week afterwards. Huh. My family is going to come to the UN. I said, but he's coming to the UN. The oh, place yeah. where there's no parking. The place where you probably have to walk. <laughs> We're marching. I think it's like 5.7 miles, if I remember right. And it, it's going to be a crazy event. I was sitting in the meeting, organizing meeting for that. And we have, I think, over 10,000 folks signed up. Anywho, I am sad that this is the last call-in, and I hope that we can get the next app or uh, conversation open, available soon. Now, we're going to meet at community college. <laughs> a tribal college? Okay, tribal college? Okay, we could go with that, too. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. That's all I have for you folks today. All right. Hey, Joe. Miigwech for taking my call. For doing... Uh, What's up, Neoliberals? Oh, thank you so much for doing the real shit. I mean, oh, my God. We're all behind you. I mean, I'd love... I'd, I, we love to see all the CEOs telling you, you should all die. I mean, it's so... It's, it's oh. perfect. It's so great. I mean, this is amazing. And you're doing the real shit. Remember, yeah. Sabi, um, when we covered that that child that stood up in front of Corinne Jean-Pierre and it was all staged. And it was like, I have anxiety, uh-huh. but I'm going to bring up climate change. Yep. And she was like, and it was all like pre-planned, like, you know, for Gen Z, for, for whoever the fuck. No, you can see when it's a real protest. They tell you to go die. Like they tell you, like these fuck motherfuckers tell you, you know, campaign you know, Karen. You don't know. You're, you're an idiot. You don't know how to work with people. You don't know how to work with the system. Like take the shit we give you. Like fuck <laughs> this shit. I mean, Wait, Joey, campaign, awesome. campaign Karen, get out, get out. Yeah, and they all have I'm bob like, haircuts. They all the exact. They're all like the exact. Remember? Did you see that one old geriatric dude? And he was like, "I'm your age." He looked at a twenty-year-old, and he was delu- with his toupee, and he was delusional enough to say, "You're my age." No, sir. No, you're ninety years old. You're a dinosaur. They named Super- his name on uh, Climate Defiance Twitter just a few days ago. Oh, I can't remember what his name is right now. But, yeah, if you go check out t- Climate Defiance Twitter, they have that, that old man's picture, and they name his name and where he's from. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, Joey, e- please email me. Please do email me. And I say that because I will forget. Because people yes, tell me will. things. And I, you got, Roger you will stay on them. Yes, it's- I will forget. It's all drafted out already, hyperlinks and everything. I just have to run it through Gina before I send it out. 
Oh, yeah, Sabrina, I forgot to tell you. The uh, guy that took up to Connecticut who didn't know that Cornell West was wrong, didn't know who Cornell West was and all that stuff. I said, you know, Biden is worse than Trump. Get out of here. <laughs> so I spent the whole time going up to Connecticut explaining it to him. And he's like, oh, well, that's really messed up. <laughs> I didn't know all that. I was telling him about the, the Ukraine Nazi groups and all that different type of, uh, I feel like, uh, what do you, what do you get that information from? I was, oh, it was a letter from Congress in 2018. Remember what I just told you about how when the other party's in office, they get all rebellious and it's like, yeah, that is true. And I was like, yeah, if I wasn't driving, I'd show you that letter that those, those congressional members, mostly Democrats that said, yeah, they got a Nazi place, a Nazi uh, thing in, in Ukraine and they're the most, corrupt nation in, in Europe. He said, yeah, that's true also. So it, it just, you know, like goes to show you just how much, but you know, he, he's someone I could tell looking at his age, he was probably someone who watched TV uh, anyway, you know, and um, a friend of mine was telling me about how they're trying to recruit. Oh, everybody tell your high schoolers, your, your kids or whoever, you know, your nephew, nieces, or your your, your kids, friends, whoever, tell them, do not join the military because they're about to send you off to war to fight China and 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 what's the other country? I don't know it's another country somewhere. Uh, China, Russia. Russia. Oh yeah, China and Russia. Okay, tell them to stay the ass. Don't go to the military. A friend of mine was telling me about how he was watching TV and they was doing a, a military like recruitment and. I was just like, ain't no kids watching TV. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they're even off the market trying to get people, trying to get kids to join the military. Okay, but tell all, tell all your high schoolers, you know, any high schoolers you know, study abroad for free for college, and then don't join the military because they're going to put you in war. Roger. That's right. That's right. right. Um, oh, go ahead, Joey, and then I want to make sure I get Amanda and Morgan. I was just going to say, Roger, is that why AOC is stumping for uh, uh, Army recruiters at her events? You mean when she when when Yeah, exactly. That That's when, when we went over there and, and, and fucked their whole shit up. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for that, Joey. I'm going to bring in Amanda. What's up, Amanda? Hi. And I say her name that way because of that movie. There was a movie called um, Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. With uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt, I think. And, and anyway, uh, her name in the movie was, her character was Amanda. And uh, the guy who was her boyfriend at the time, in the beginning of the movie, he was like, well, well screw you, um, um, uh, 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 Amanda. <laughs> What's up, Amanda? What's going on? Not much. It's nice to have my name in your mouth. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. I think that um, I think that one thing I'd like to say besides thank you, as we all are glad to have you on this app, is um, you know you don't have to do it. You don't have to monetize every moment of your life. And there's some things that if they're rewarding, you should do regardless. And and it, I think that for some people, calling is that kind of place. 
And for people who are sad that it's going away, if it's falling apart, it's falling apart slowly. And there's like a group of us who kind of hang out off and on. There's a guy, Rab, who has a show every night right now, every night at like 7 p.m. And so there's still some rooms where people are having interesting conversations. We had some conversation this morning around Hawaii and fire and, you know, did some Googling together and and trying to figure out um, some of the answers that might might not yet be obvious. Not like we're going to actually succeed with any of that, but some of that is, is still going on here on Colin. And then because Colin is kind of falling apart, and I do appreciate it, there's a, a, an app called Podbean where you can do, it has a very similar kind of interface where you can do a call-in show and have a number of speakers and um, it publishes, the there's a limit of two hours, but um, it publishes, <laughs> I, 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 I know, <laughs> I know, but discipline, right? Discipline. But, but you know, it, it's called Podbean, B-E-A-N. And so I just wanted to, it's out of all, I, I looked at a bunch of uh, different apps that kind of do what Colin does, and there's not a lot that really do it like Colin does, and hardly anybody does it combined all together. Um, but Podbean came closest that I could find. So. Thank you so much for that. Well, I, I hope that I hope that to um, ca- talk with you in the future. I know that I will continue to watch you talk because I like you watching your show. So, and great job with Dr. West. Really fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Amanda. You have a good night. You too. All right, Morgan. What's up? Just gotta unmute. Okay, while we wait for Morgan, Marco, you're up. Go ahead and unmute, and then I'll bring in Karthik if I don't hear from Morgan. What's up? Yeah, I just want to say congratulations on 122 episodes and 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, I, I love you all. I love you, Savvy, Eric, uh, Noel, Roger, the people who have been here for like 122 episodes. You all love the best. Thank you so much. Okay, Morgan, one, two, three. I'm going to invite you to speak. Let's bring in uh, Karthik. You are on the mic. Just have to. Hey, Savvy, what's up? Hey, how are you? It's good. It's been a while since I've called, but, you know, I I saw the uh, name of the show tonight on my notification on my phone, and I knew I had to call in. Yeah, uh, we're going to be moving over either to locals or doing call-in via Zoom on YouTube. You know, we'll, we'll yeah, because call-in, the app is actually going away. So oh, Going away? Uh, how do you know? Because I, I didn't even, like, when, do you know? Yeah, um, well, the app is already starting to, like, use its... It's starting to lose its uh, functional capabilities. So, like, I haven't been able to upload um, 
call in episodes that I actually host. Um, and that's been a thing for a minute. So um, there's that, but I think that um, I think that the big thing is, you know, I just want to make sure I'm able to still like talk to you guys. So um, we're going to try to do something a little bit different. Okay. Uh, how do you know it's going away? Uh, we were all notified. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Okay, yeah, I didn't even know that. Like, was there like a uh, was there a date set? And no, it's just that Rumble is they they're moving everyone over to to locals. Oh, okay. And I have to look at locals a little bit more and do some research because I think you do have to you may have to pay for some things on locals, and I don't know if I want to use that for call for calling in. But um, someone did mention to me like the Zoom thing. Like I think that's a, a perfect idea. Just giving people the Zoom numbers, they can call in that kind of thing. I think that would be great as well. Is local similar to Colin? Not really. Locals used to be just text. Like if you go over there, like Kim Iverson's on local. I think uh, Russell's on there. I think Glenn Greenwald is also on locals. Um, but when I first checked it out, it was only like text, that kind of thing. But now it's more so where they said they're moving that all that's locals. So like there are videos on locals too. So I think the thing is with locals is again, they want you to have video. And that's what I'm saying. Like usually when I do call in, like I'm not trying to be on camera. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to say, uh, I know you, you weren't there, but I think it was yesterday. Uh, I, I thought the show that uh, uh, CJ and Nick did was uh, one of the uh, best shows on RBN in the two years you guys have been around. It was really good. Yeah, I was in the chat. Um, okay, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, they did. They really did a good job yesterday. That is true. Oh my God! I'm sorry for jumping in all the time, Savvy. I just I have to I have to say this because I remember I saw in the chat you brought up that Broken Points paid for Chris Matthews to appear. I don't know if you guys uh, saw this today. Oh, shit. The DNC shit. kid, the DNC child, Harry Sisson. What about him? Broken Points had him on today for. Where? Yeah. Uh-huh. I know so much news that we all just I know. I'm so I know. I know. So they had him on today. I watched the whole thing. It was um, you know, Crystal introduced him as like uh, you know, like they had him with another Gen Zer who was sort of more conservative. Yeah. Um, and they sort of had him like battle battle each other out. So just FYI. Oh, I see it. I okay. see it. Oh, I gotta see it now. <laughs> so they had on one page show versus a different page show. It's sad. they got that new. Um, so, so yeah. do you think? Oh, sorry. Do you think um, now they went full face the nation? Oh, I'm covering this shit tomorrow night. Oh, no, no, no. I'm covering this tomorrow night. 
Sabi, uh, you've been working so hard this week. My fucking god. I mean, you started with interviewing Dr. West, who is, by the way, can we all just agree he's getting so much more coverage than even RFK at this point? Everybody's afraid of him because he's running not, third party. RFK, Marianne, you can see every, like, you, if you ran third party, people, some people would have gotten behind your fucking asses because they want to stick it to the duopoly. It's not fucking hard. It's not hard. So now Cornell West is getting all of this coverage. And I'm just really worried because what I'm starting to see, guys, is Cal Kalinsky starts taking him down. Daily Beast takes him down. Crystal takes him down. Sometimes Jimmy takes him down. We we need to, you, you know, sort of unite behind him. You know what I mean? We need to make sure that people know we're in, their, in, in this corner. Um, so I, that's why I'm kind of like uh, also uh, team Twitter in terms of whether Zoom or Twitter. Uh, because Twitter is sort of like, you can also publish the episode and people can check it out later. So let me ask you guys a question. And I see the video right now. Let me ask you guys a question. Why is Crystal Ball bringing on the same guy that attacked Brianna Joy Gray? Say what? Mm-hmm. The plot thickens. And, and it was sort of like, so the way they framed it is, you know, like, uh, uh, like the, the the Gen Zers against each other, sort of like you know, uh, why 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 do you think uh, you know they ask the conservative like uh, why uh, do you think ab- ab- like abortion is an issue for a Democrat? So like how are they? What is the GOP going to do about that? And they sort of had them defend each other's the uh, defend their respective sides. Oh, it was I see just it like I see, I see it, and I see it's two men. Why is it two? Where's the women? If you got, I don't know what to say, if people don't see this for what this really is, let me get this straight. You bring on the guy who fucking attacked your friend. Y'all see how cruddy and low some people can be? And it's like, the other thing for me is they had like, oh, I'm so sorry, Carson. They had like Governor Asa fucking Hutchinson who pulls at 1%. Yep. Like, like what the fuck? And you're throwing Dr. West under the bus? We can't have the, we can't have this from independent media. No, we cannot, we cannot that, let that shit slide. I mean, you, if you're I not on Twitter. No, I was just, I was going to say, don't worry, man. Uh, our uh, Lord and Savior, uh, Marion Williamson, is going to come and save us. You know, you know when, um, going last week, back to the debates, do you remember how staunch Nikki Haley was? We can't leave our allies behind. And, you know, talking about, like, Ukraine and stuff. I would have loved to have, you know, the one of us to have been on that stage to say we can't leave the american people behind <laughs> like you I, can't you have that same type of right it's like how come you can't have that same staunch support to support americans here who are suffering you know i don't know that just pissed me off no you're right you're right i was like man can i can can the american people get that same energy nikki that same week. If you own a mansion, you can. Nikki said the American people are going to have to extend their retirement. We're going to have to work longer in life. We should tell her Reagan already did that so she don't have to do it no more. It's everybody but us. Even her real name. Her real name is very Indian-like mine. Her real name is Nemirtha Randhawa. Yeah, She definitely wants the white people to like her. 
Well, she did say during the time when they were taking out Confederate flags in South Carolina, she said, I don't see business um, uh, rallying to take take the flags down. So I'm like, all right, well, you just <laughs> you're just a shell, pretty much. You just said you're in the pocket of big business. So, you know, whatever. I would love for them to be a ballot initiative state. I really want to see exactly where the people are at. You know, I was reading an article today. Um, I know I sent it to you, Sabrina, and some other people, where there were people that were talking about they actually voters who actually sign petitions um, to appear on the ballot that they don't agree with, but they said they do it anyway because they believe that people have the right to have, you know, the choice to have their what they would like to see as law or an amendment on the ballot. Okay. So there's this thing where it's just like, Oh, you know, like you'll never, you never know who you get, get those petition signatures from, you know, some people actually believe in direct democracy where they'd be like, you know, I don't agree with this. I ain't going to vote for it. But I'll sign a petition because you have a right to have it on the ballot. You know, just a thought. Mm-hmm. Sam, I just want to say this. Do you know the app um, Clubhouse is thought up just like this? Clubhouse was, it was the same people too. Oh. From what I understand, it was the same owners. I remember Clubhouse was like this big thing and then it, it that didn't last long either. It died very quickly. All right, Karthik, I'm going to go ahead and bring in um, Shadal. Shadal. Um. What's I want to say uh, this is um, your show is really great, and it it's really sad that Colin's gonna be go- going away. Cause um, I really love the platform, and I really love interacting with everybody on here. Um, just sharing whatever thoughts you have for the for the host. Um, and I think you have done a fa- 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 fabulous job, and I hope you keep on doing it. Um, maybe on another platform. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure out another way. I think I might I mean, I really one. like Colin because, you know, um, uh, yeah, area where, like I said, people can just collaborate with other people and just come here and, and share your thoughts. That's what makes Colin such a great app. You know, you might, you know, I don't think any other app will ever outbeat Colin. I know. Never. Like, I don't think Colin will ever. Uh, I think this might be the greatest app. I think other apps might not. There might be really good other apps that are similar to Colin, like Amanda just said. But I don't think they're ever going to come as close as, 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 as Colin. I, I think this might be the greatest app ever. Like, it, you know, I was never introduced to it. But when people came on here and told me about it, that's the time I knew about how great it was. What other apps have you tried? Um, just calling for right now. Oh, so um, you, you not? Well, you can't really say. I mean, I love the people on here. I don't necessarily love the platform because it's always buggy all the time and people going out. <laughs> and stuff. You know what I mean? But if you say this is the only one that you that you tried, you can't really say, well, it's the best, right? Um, you, but, know, uh, you gotta see what else is out there, man. I'll try and look for other apps out there. 
Well, she's gonna look. Sabrina's gonna look for others. Sabrina, um, I just want to say um, you're a very strong, courageous woman who, um, you know, just reached the milestone of a hundred, you know, a hundred twenty-two episodes on here. Um, I just say, like, you know, I love what you're doing, um, and you have so many great people who come on here. Um, so many great people that you've never even actually met, but like you got to know many people on here. Who who love to come on here? Who love to share their thoughts? Who love to, you know, talk, uh, talk um, discuss whatever you're discussing? Um, so I, that's what I like about you is that you're you, you and you don't care that you. I mean, many people like, you know, face rejection, but like I know you can. De- I know you deal with it. Like if if people come and there's a topic and you, you kind of get angry. You kind of get like your furious side comes out. I can I can clearly see when. There's something that somebody says something you don't agree with it, you you do get a little a little angry over it. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, Sabrina comes out sometimes. Uh, but but uh, what um this this um choose this uh platform like what made you choose Colin? Like there were so many other platforms you could have chosen from. What made you choose Colin like over the other ones? Because there's so many other great ones if you look on online and you find the other ones you could do. What made you choose Colin over the other, all the other ones? It was advertised on Twitter and that's how I found out about it. And I tried the app before I even started the Colin show on here. And I was like, Hey, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, like when Colin was going to be going away, were you kind of a little emotional that you, um, you hosted all these episodes on here um, and it's finally going to go away. So were you kind of like, did you know that this was going to happen or was it just like a straightaway like type of thing that you just found out that it was going away for good? I didn't know it was going to happen. Um, yeah. Unfortunately I had just kind of find out, found out and uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, like, <laughs> like to me, to, to me, to me, like uh, Colin going away to me, a scenario that I can kind of compare it to Colin is kind of like maybe a loved one. Like you spend so many, so many times with a love with the loved one that you knew so much, and the day, uh, the next day, you find out that they're no longer with there with us. They're passed away, and they're no longer in our hearts, and we don't we still remember them, but they're still no longer with us. That's a kind of scenario that I can compare to Colin. Very similar kind of story, because you know, like Colin kind of is like. You know, like, you know, when a loved one passes away on the day before you spend time, so much loving times with them and you got to know them and their and their personality and how good of a person they were. And then the next day you found out that that, that something really unfortunate happened and they're no longer, you know, there with us. But you still you still like remember their memory and what they had, what they brought, the loving moments that you spent time with them and everything. That's exactly what Colin reminds you of. It's kind of, Colin kind of reminds you of that that friend that everybody knows, and now it's no longer there. So like it's kind of perished away. That's so sweet. Why so Colin is like that. Him? That's kind of like what Colin reminds you of, like that loving friend that everybody knows, and now no longer Colin is no longer there. So that's the kind of the scenario that Colin kind of uh, evokes to me, because I did have you know. You know, it, it does kind of. I, I bet you anybody can unmute and say if if that's the same feeling they evoke from Colin. If they have the same kind of feeling that I'm feeling, 
anybody can unmute and, and share their thoughts about what Colin meant to them and what the whole the whole platform meant to anybody. Marco could unmute and, and share his thoughts about it and then tell well, us what he thought about Colin. I, to be honest with you, I think the app sucks. But <laughs> I, why does it I, suck? Because because it, because well, if you yeah. haven't been using the app for a while, you, you can't well, say it you, sucks just, because you have to but, kind of get experience well, with that you first. Give me a chance before... to answer. You didn't give me a chance to answer because it has all these bugs in it. You know, it's like, oh, can you hear? Nope. And then all that different type of stuff. Look, we're just think of it like this. It's just an app. Would you think of it as we're just moving to another building? That's all. We're packing up and we're moving to a better facility. That's all. No, but but when but you, we're not but going when, away. We're still here. I we're mean, still Colin is still here. here, but like, but like Sabrina said that she didn't even know that this app was going to go away. Like she wasn't expecting okay. this to happen. She thought this app would, this platform would stay, you know, on here, but she never knew it. I, I myself did not even know that, that this was going to go down. But you're more attached to this app, and this app is not that great. I'm Why? sorry. You know? like, I just told well, you it's, it's buggy. But, like, you, you know? can't, like... But How like, many? I heard like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's bad, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it's going to go away. So, I mean, I'm not getting emotional, but, like, when an app, you know... Yes. I don't know why so so many people like this app. I mean, like, you, some people like it and some people don't. I like don't. the people I mean, on I'm the not, app. Not, I don't like the app. Saying, like I'm not trying to say that, but I'm just saying, like you know, um, it, it like some people like it and some people don't like it. You know, it's just some people like the app. You know, you can't just say everybody hates it. Like some people um, might have different differing opinions. They might like it. I'll just say, guys, you know, you know I, heard, I heard friends. That's a stereotypical say thing, saying that it's kind of like all okay. Asians are I bad drivers. To, I, I do. I really do have to wrap up. Um, but I'm, so I, I'm trying I to tell Roger that, you know, he yeah, cannot I, like I it. Yeah, I did say I had a time limit, and I'm I'm just not trying to, like, be mean. But I did say I had a time limit, and... Yeah, Um. so I just want to say uh, congratulations on all your success and everything that all you've done. Um. But uh, I just wanted to give my thoughts, and I gave my thoughts, and uh, now I'm going to... um take off for the night uh have a great one sabrina and uh um colin is still gonna be around um but uh i hope you do uh better on when you're moving to locals and hopefully we can still come on there and chat and and and, and all share all thoughts and and, and um i don't want to keep rambling on but i, I think <laughs> i'll i'll get off for right now all righty thank you so much for that i do gotta get going um but thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank again. you very much. We'll do, we'll, we'll do something next week. Like I, 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 Roger sent me a list of things. I'll let you guys know. We'll we'll figure something out where people can still call in and talk because I do like talking to you guys. All right, I am heading out. Nowhere though. only the app is. Good morning, my fam. Bye. See you later.